Hey, it's Max Fisher. Oh, hi. Hey, Max, my mom just showed up. Is it okay if I leave early? Over. Sure, Charlie. What's the secret, Max? The secret? Yeah, well, you seem to have it pretty figured out. Secret? I don't know. Uh... I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore. Shotgun. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Danny. Hey, guys. In the back. It's a shotgun. In the back, Donnie. Did you invite that kid to your party? Max Fisher. Come on, Dad. There's gonna be girls there. I'd rather die. Pull your head out of your ass. The great thing about that, apart from everything, is that is the kid has got that weird mouthful of braces sound when he talks. Put your head on your ass. He's got that big, and he's just some adenoidal freak, too, when he talks. Fantastic. Rushmore, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. See the filmmaking there. Why? Hello. It's, uh, and also, just this, this is the moment when you can see... Really, I would say that after Ed Wood, this was the next film at which Bill Murray just flowered into the brilliant dramatic actor we know him as today. Because even now, you know, he's, it, he did Lost in Translation, and then he did, what was that other film? Bill Murray did that film that was a couple, I don't know, it was about a year and a half after Lost in Translation, but it's very much the same sort of put-upon, white-collar man of the world thing. But he does that thing of playing, playing comedy as, I sound really highbrow now, but playing comedy as pathos and pathos as comedy. But when he's uh, when he's playing Herman Bloom and he's in the car with Ronnie and Donnie or Bobby and Zobby or whatever they are, the two the redheaded kids, and the kid mouths off to him, and the great the, the thing is not is not Murray turning and just and going after the kid with his fist while he's driving. It's the pause. It's the pause right before he does it. There's going to be girls there, and the kid's mouth off, and Murray just does that. I don't know, that second second and a half of just just the slow inward seethe. And then just swivels and goes right over the right over the top of the seat of the kid. Just a genius film. All right. Why, uh, hello, it's three minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and it's the month of September. Yes? October? What is today? It's October the 1st. <laughs> you were just waiting to say that all weekend. If you didn't bring it up, I was going to. Wonderful. I rehearsed in my head over and over and over again. I'm sorry. I, I can't believe I, I blew the opportunity to do a big, uh, it's Rocktober, all month long. Well, all right. Well, this opening's just an abortion, isn't it? Uh, after the hour of 11 in this month of Rocktober, the year of our Lord. You know, and you know what I didn't say at all last month? I did not once refer to it as September. Oh, I'm slipping. In my old age, things are just starting to fall out of my head like it was made of so much porous cheesecloth. That's too bad. I missed September, so I'm going to make the most of Rocktober every single day. Uh, all right. In the year of our Lord, 2007. Thanks for coming along making a part of your listening day. We are uh, here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, and it is Monday. Welcome to Day 12. We are here uh, in the questionably appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Uh, this is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. I am he. If you'd like to join us today, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 
2970. I used to work for a radio station where they would not only make it Rocktober, but they would merge all of the, the disparate, stupid events together, and you would celebrate a Rocktober fest. So it would be this weird... Which sort of conjures up images of a, like an overweight German guy in lederhosen clutching an Ibanez. Anyway, I used to have a Rocktoberfest poster somewhere that I kept around from one of the radio stations I worked at. And it was, I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was, it was something, some huge, like a beer stein, an electric guitar, and like a girl in a bikini, and a monster truck. And like a bunch of jagged, like musical notes that someone had made using bad clip art. Uh, and then there was like a skull, and then there was a thing that was on fire. And it was every bad piece of rock radio uh, iconography that you could possibly imagine, all just put into one huge bad piece of visual presentation. I wonder if I still have that somewhere. All right, uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. You'd like to join us today? Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. With your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents or what have you with your uh, comments on the interesting, the tedious, the groundbreaking, the mundane. Scotty J standing by uh, back in his co- uh, in his uh, his place, his hovel, his cave, his thing, uh, ready to pass along your uh, phone calls. It's 503-733-2970. It seems like all of the computer equipment is pushed back today. Or maybe my arms are just shrinking. Maybe, maybe not unlike... No, my microphone was totally shoved into the middle of the room. You know we can blame for this? We can blame Dennis for this because he was the last person to use all of this equipment. Maybe I'm like Mrs. Twit. Maybe I've just developed a case of the shrinks and I'll have to tie me to balloons out back. Uh, well, in any event. All right. Uh, hold on. All right. I'm just stretching there. Forgot to do my pre-show calisthenics. Uh, it is 503-733-2970. You want to be uh, part of today's program for whatever reason. Scotty J is standing by, ready, willing, and able to uh, pass along whatever it is your input on the... Uh, on today's program might be. It's 503-733-2970. Before I uh, get ahead of myself and, uh, and, and talk about all the stuff that I've written down here, uh, I want to uh, talk about a few things coming up today. We have uh, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Goddard who will be joining us about SCOTUS, or the Supreme Court of the United States. I should say, by the way, that all of this forward promoting that I'm doing for the CNN people is being done without the aid of the CNN prep sheet, which I actually don't have in front of me. I read it this morning, circled the stuff that I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, and sort of like Lisa Goddard at 11.35 about whatever, and then I sent it off to Scotty, and then I was unable to print out the prep sheet, so I'll just be really honest here. I, Scotty's typing in the screen, nor will you get it. Cannot access website. Even now, as I am promoting the CNN radio correspondence, I have no idea what I wanted to talk to them about. So I hope I figure that out by 11.35 or it's just going to be pointless. Lisa's going to come on and I'm going to be even more woefully inept and uninformed than I usually am, which is really saying something. So I guess we're going to be talking to Lisa about something. I can't remember what she was covering. It was some story that seemed like it had, as Janice Joplin would say, great social and political import. But I don't really remember what it was. So here's hoping that it all comes together for me in the next 20 minutes. Um, let's see. Steve Castamom is going to be uh, joining us today, as is Jim Roop. I don't remember what any of these people are talking about. I, it's, Roop isn't talking about OJ. He's not talking about Phil Spector. What the hell did I do? What the hell it seems so interesting about Jim Roop's story this morning, apart from the inclusion of Jim Roop himself? I don't know. Well, I'll try to figure it out. Uh, top five coming up today. Scotty J's top five most worthy inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, that's coming up later on today. We have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations that have come out. Uh, we will uh, rank them according to Scotty J's preference. Scotty J's top five most deserving Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Uh, we'll do that. What else? I think Storm is going to be in the studio today, but I'm not entirely sure about that either. 
I'm sensing a trend. Today's pro today's pro the theme of today's program is who am I and why am I here? I don't really remember anything, and it's only partially because I came in kind of late today. You yeah, you sound a little crazy today. It's not a little crazy. I just am not entirely sure what's happening. Oh, here we go. So Lisa's talking about something with the Supreme Court. Jim Roop is talking about something having to do with driver's tests. They face more extensive memory and reflex testing. Who? California People? drivers. Okay. These are from my notes this morning, my two-word notes. And Steve is talking about the New York Mets. Oh, that's great. I, here's why he's talking about the New York Mets. I do remember why I circled this. This is the phrase that caught my eye, because apparently the New York Mets, who were, I, if memory serves, the New York Mets for the longest time were just a team that couldn't win anything, anywhere, ever, at any time, under any circumstance. Um, and so I caught this phrase today on the CNN prep sheet that New York Mets suffered, quote, one of the worst implosions in baseball history. So that right there enough, something really bad happening to people in whose future I have no stake. That's enough to get me interested. All right, so that's all coming up today. Uh, Lisa Goddard, Steve Kastamov, Jim Roop, top five. Uh, Storm Large will be here, I do believe. Uh, we have uh, some pile of uh, a pile of some crap we're going to get to here. Um, I was I was going to develop this whole recurring bit this week where I was going to play one bad spoken word recording every day because I was going to go and throw my vinyl at home, and I got a whole lot of those. So we may or may not start that today. And we'll start it with the one that was actually dropped off uh, at the radio station uh, two weeks ago. Somebody dropped off a copy of that Art Linkletter record that he did with his daughter, Diane, and I'm pretty sure that, it, that, she's, the, that she's the one who jumped. I shouldn't laugh. I'm pretty sure that Diane Linkletter is the one who... Literally, like, the week after recording a whole thing about father-daughter unity, jumped off the building. And I think, he won, I think he won a Grammy for it, too. I think he won a Grammy for that. And it's clearly one of those, well, it's all very pointed. Let's give him the Grammy. Art Linkletter, dead or alive, Tim Riley? Alive. Okay, so he's alive. Here's a tricky one. Charlton Heston, dead or alive? Alive. See, alive doesn't know it, though. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, we're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm a little tired today. We went to, um, it was my friend's baby shower. And you know my friend's... Is this Lisa? Yes. Okay. Is this the shower. first friend's baby shower? Yes. Wait, hold on. Well, let's clarify here. By by that, do you mean, okay, so it's Lisa's first baby shower. Yes, and it's because one of the first baby showers. It's one of my first friends. That's what I'm asking. That's, okay, friend. that's yeah. what's going to be a long series. A long, depressing line. of. There'll be one every weekend because <laughs> once one sees a pregnant woman, it is, it's sort of I don't know people started talking about It that. almost is like the chicken pox or something, the pregnancy, and then you're going to go home, and the next thing you know, you know, I mean, so. Well, I already, yeah, and then my other friend's already pregnant, too. They're like three months. What other, can you tell me on the air? Can you yeah. tell me, who was the other friend? Summer. Summer. The blonde. Oh yeah, yeah, that hot girl. Uh huh. Well, she's not gonna look very hot. For her. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, a little too hot for her own good, I would say. Uh, well, that's too bad. And Summer's like really young too. She's yes. Like 23, 24. That's the way they like that's, it. That's that's really no. That's really why why wait until you're older to, to to spoil that beauty. Just ruin it when you're young. Oh, so we had a ba so she had a baby shower, but of course, in true my friend's fashion, it was um. Bottles of vodka for everybody. Yeah, it was all, it was just like beer, like I guess we polished off like five cases of beer. <laughs> right and, like, in front of Lisa, bottles, who can't drink. Yeah, like eight bottles of wine, a bottle of Jameson. Like, Fantastic. Yeah, so I'm a little loopy today. This sounds a little weird, but I'm reading this, it's not a book about this, but in the book I'm reading, there's a whole chapter about fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, right? I'm reading this, I'm, not to get off on the book thing, but I'm reading this great book called um, All God's Children, which is about... 
uh, sort of street kids that form into sort of families. Um, and so street, you know, I guess they're just called street families. But if these kids, street like gutter punks who just latch onto each other and they form these weird Manson family type cliques sort of on the streets. And it's actually all set in Portland. Um, it's, a na- it's a nationwide book, but it actually, they use Portland as a microcosm of this whole experience. And they talk about from 1992 all the way up through 2005, they trace the evolution of this one street family um, in, in Portland. And it's really disturbing. I mean, it's a really, and Court, uh, Court from KUFO was mentioned in it. So it's a great book, but just talk, it's just so dark and just so depressing because at one point they're talking about this girl who has fetal alcohol syndrome and is not, you know, she becomes an adult. She's 18, 19, 20 years old. Not really like the best decision making capability. Not, doesn't really think things through as, you know, as, as you might expect from somebody who has big holes in her brain. And so she it falls in with the street family downtown. And I think they ended up, I think they ended up killing somebody, but I'm not sure. I haven't, I'm only about halfway through the book. So anyway, so you go to the baby shower. And so, uh, but we should, this is all by way of saying that Lisa's not drinking because she's pregnant. And you don't want your kid to come out looking like you consumed paint thinner for three or four months. Mm-hmm. So you're all drinking in front of her, which is the single worst thing you can do to a pregnant mother, by the way. When I was on the plane to Cincinnati a couple weeks ago, the woman next to me, I told you, I had two infants. Oh, and I got to see the whole unstrapping of the maternity bra and the whole Ew. right next to me. Oh, my gosh. So she's, well, I just got to okay. say that she's nursing. And so the, the stewardess comes down and she's pushing the, um, she's pushing the tray full of adult beverages. And her, her husband, who's sitting across the aisle, double Jack and Coke for me, please, <laughs> right in front of her. And so the dad, of course, is just free to drink all he wants. He's not, nothing suckling off of him. Uh, and so the mom is having to sit there like a foot away watching the dad. And clearly she just wants to be blitzed out of her mind because they're there with, you know, three or four kids. And so the mom just has this long lament of, you know, well, my Jack and Coke days are far behind me because the kids have just been born. Oh. So anyway. Now, Lisa, she also has this, this thing. It's a. You're squeezing your hands in front of your bosoms. Okay. Yeah, she has a. A breast pump. A breast pump. There you go. Except it looks kind of... How did I know that you were, that's what you were talking about? It's a little creepy. I don't know. It has like two suction cups, and then it like has these tubes that come down into the middle, and then there's like this big tube, and then it looks very phallic and weird. It okay. Like well, she'll get used to it by the time the second one rolls along. I was just saying. You know, that's depressing. You know, go underneath the bathroom sink for AJ, a while. AJ, you know what cures postpartum depression? Uh, so a little bit of loving. So, well, that's. But why does she need the breast pump? I thought that. Isn't, don't we? You have a baby. No, she's gonna milk herself. <laughs> oh, that's so disgusting! I cannot believe. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like a prude. And I know and that it's part of nature. Different, like cups on either side. I know that it's part of God's divine plan. Is this the 4-H program of R- the air? <laughs> really? <laughs> she tried to win a blue ribbon somewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was too much. That was that was no. over the line. I'm sorry. You know Lisa. She's a very attractive girl. No, Lisa's lady. a very attractive girl, but she the, wouldn't be pregnant if she wasn't. The, I was just going to say somebody thought so. For, for at least a few moments, somebody felt that that was the case. Um, so... I'm just saying, I thought when you had a baby, it turned all that stuff on automatically. I didn't think you had... Isn't a breast pump to induce uh, the giving of milk? I thought when you had a... I'm asking you, let no, you I guess, know. I guess it's like to store it. Oh, so you can set it aside. Yeah. So, so in those like days a... when you don't feel like strapping a baby under your boob, you can just have some have some of mommy that she pumped out I mean, yesterday. It looks like some weird like bondage torture device <laughs> thing. <laughs> looks like Trent Reznor ought to be uh, ought to be uh, totally right in front of it. You ought to be uh, outside of Spartacus. Yeah, totally wearing like a gas mask, dancing around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Let's never talk about this again. Okay. So you're a little hungover and tired. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, I feel I just feel a little crazy, especially if you start drinking wine at two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, I can always tell. I can, and there's little subtle things about you. Uh, we've worked together long enough now. I can, Scotty, don't be typing details about breastfeeding uh, on the screen. I mean, I don't want to know that. And please don't use the phrase cracking. Um, I can tell little things about you. I can tell in the morning now when you are maybe tired or feeling under the weather. Some of them I can't quite define, but one of them is you have a certain tone to your voice. And I don't mean like the way you talk to me. I mean literally the timbre of your voice. You you get just it's a little lower and it's a little scrapey uh, on mornings when you are either hungover or asleep. Still, I can tell because the tone of your voice is a little more. You get a little Lauren Bacall in your voice. Yeah. Sort of a. Like you and Bogey are going to go have a cigarette somewhere. Yeah, I'm just going to go home and watch a bunch of movies tonight. Fantastic. <laughs> Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification. Sex and now death thanks to that brain-eating amoeba. A Vancouver church is using a real live tiger to bring in followers. Cops use a laser on a team who ransacked the Clackamas County Courthouse. It's every handicapped person's nightmare, and it happened in Seattle as a woman's wheelchair gets stuck on a railroad track. Oh! Mm-hmm. And Miss Money Penny passes away. Uh, that's very sad. We'll do the snuff watch for that. For a minute, when you started that handicap story, I swear to God, I thought you were going to say it's every handicapped person for themselves. I thought that's where you were. And I was going to agree wholeheartedly. I was going to. Starting now. All right. Well, there you go. Jesus Christ. No, God. I love the handicap. Well, really, I mean, and if you don't, what are they going to do about it? I mean, seriously. Okay. okay. 503-733-2970. We'll get your phone calls here in a moment. I just have a br- As we often do, uh, this is the segment called, What Did I Do Last Night? Which, in this case, is What Did I Do Over the Last Couple of Days? A couple movie notes. A, I saw The Prestige uh, with, uh, what's his name, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, the <gasps> magician you movie you recommended. Yeah. And? It was great. It was great. It was really How good. How weird is that? It was great. It was actually, and I will not give any spoilers. Uh, I will not give anything away. We don't do that here unless you're Tim Riley. I will simply say that the movie is so good that I almost feel like they didn't need that last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It doesn't detract from the film. But it's... And I understand that it's based on a book, and I think the book has the same sort of resolution at the end. But it was so good that it would have been equally good without that. Even yeah. if they'd lopped off that last ten minutes. Like the... If, yeah, if they had just ended it with... Uh, how do I put this? If they had just ended that movie with... Um, the end of Christian Bale's character story arc, uh, you know, uh, I think it would have been fine right there. If they just cut it ten minutes earlier, as as he and that girl are walking away from each other toward the end, I would have been I would have been fine with that. And then, then you know, but they do a resolution, a different sort of a little twist, at sort of an M Night Shyamalan thing at the end. But it was a great movie. It was really really well done. So, uh, good recommendation. Um, I'm also going to say this, and these notes are uh, apropos of nothing. I was at Safeway this morning, and so I was standing behind. This is just one of those things, a phrase that you don't think you're ever going to get to use. At Safeway today, I was standing at the register waiting with my purchases to check out in the efficient fashion for which I am known, and I found myself actually standing next to, I swear to you, an actual real-life bearded lady. I was standing next to a woman with a beard. And this is it was not a man who was in the early stages of of uh, of transgenderism. This is not used to have somebody like that at the video store. Which what uh, movie madness? Uh-huh. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean there's like a you must be this weird to ride this ride thing there. I think about you know Movie Madness, which is a great video store. Mike Clark's Movie Madness. In fact, uh, Becca at KUFO and I were talking about this the other day. Movie Madness is a great place, but do you ever wonder? I mean, you go into a place like that, and and everybody. How do I put this? Everybody who works at Movie Madness, and if you haven't been there in Southeast Portland, it really is the world's premier video rental store. Um, 
If you're going to rent movies, that's the place to do it. Everybody who works there is sort of cut from the same weird cloth. And so you do go into a place like that and you wonder, do they just only hire the weird people or do weird people... I mean, is it just known that if you're not weird, you don't apply for a job there? It's kind of like big minimum. Exactly. You never see the same people working there twice. No, but they're all... But they are all kind of from the same social strata. They're I all... think they're all Shanghai. <laughs> I think somebody pulls a trap door and their employees somebody... vanish, and you come in the next day and they have different people. Somebody pulls a trap door in Soho, yep. and that's where they get their uh, the movie Madness employees from. Anyway, so I, I was at Safeway. And I and, and sometimes you know you can tell uh, if you're if it's a cross dresser because I think if you're going to get a sex change I think the deal is at least in the states if you're going to get a sex change I think you have to live as that you know the opposite sex for a year before they'll they'll do the surgery in other words if you're a man who's going to become a woman through surgery I believe that to make sure that you're really convinced because I that's a thing you can't really reverse all that easily I think they make you live as a woman for a solid year this was not that. Um, this was not because I because the person had a very high pitched voice, and it seemed very natural, very thin wrists, and no discernible Adam's apple. And those are all the things that you know you can tell if it's a man dressing as a woman. Typically, you look at the the wrists and the Adam's apple, as everybody who's seen the Crying Game can attest. And so, I'm sitting and I just realize, and which and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to pass any kind of judgment. It's just one doesn't ever think that one's going to be standing out in public and be next to a bearded woman wearing a dress. I mean, this that's is the, Portland, though. See, but it's, that, it's the weirdest thing. And again, I'm not. I'm, I, I mean, it would be wrong to say that I'm not sort of amused by it. I'm not making fun as such. It's just sort of strange. Again, because everything else about her was really feminine, like really long blonde hair, long nails, wearing a dress, wearing a lot of jewelry. I mean, she wasn't like a knockout, but I mean, she wasn't wasn't a hideous woman. She, she looked very feminine, and then, big, and not just and not just a little beard, like the full-on I'm gonna front Black Oak, Arkansas kind of beard, like the I'm gonna put on some bib overalls and play with Leonard Skinner sort of like the and the and the Hetfield mustache that went around. This is a stranger thing, and what there's really nothing you can say about it other than I was next to a woman with a beard less than an hour and a half ago. It's all very strange. Uh, should I be taking any of these, um... Really? All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, you were saying you didn't mean to disparage uh, anything about, you know, what's Lincoln here. No, no, no. You I'm sorry, could you... Absolutely. I'm sorry, could you speak up a little, sir? I'm sorry. I, I said you, you said you didn't want to disparage the fact that a woman might be, you know, running around with a beard, and I'm here to say no. Yes, yes, yes. I, I mean, I, who am no, I to judge? It, 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 no, it's it just, it, I don't know. It makes you just want to take your skin off or something like that. There's a woman who's, I think she's one of the main DJs over at KBOO. Uh-huh. And we were working on, what's that great little place right around the corner from, their, KBOO moved underneath, uh, 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 oh, it's that little motel thing that they turned into the bar. And oh, the, the Doug Fur, the Jupiter? Yeah, we were working on that. We were doing some work on that, and I used to either see her right around the corner because they apparently are underneath the Doug Fur or someplace close by it, or there's a Greek deli around the corner. And it was just like full on, like ZZ Top beard, you know. <laughs> and yet it's like, a woman. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I don't know. It's like put you in between so many different places. Like, am I supposed to pretend I don't see this? Do and I th- but then. No, and then, and then again. Again, I'm just. You know, whatever to, to each his, her, other own. I it just it seems like you would want to pick one of those worlds to be in. You know what I mean? Well, it seems like if if you were going out of the way your way to make the rest of you look pretty feminine, 
you'd shave the beard. I mean, maybe maybe there's some sort of subculture, some sort of fetishism that I'm missing or something. And then you start to ask yourself this: Here's if you if you're me. And by the way, this person, the man slash woman, was taking forever. Couldn't couldn't couldn't. It's like it's like it's like she wanted us to see her beard as long as possible. So she would slide her debit card through like with the the strip facing the wrong way. Then she wouldn't enter the number in time, and it would zero out. Then it couldn't read her signature. So the whole time, and of course, what are you going to do? You're standing next to a bearded lady. Are you not going to look? Of course you're going to look. Why? When is the next time I'm going to see a bearded lady without having to wait through a ringmaster and five lions? You know what I mean? So I'm looking at the bearded lady and trying to be all, like, casual about it. Like, I'm not really looking at you with the breasts and the full beard. And of course I am. And then if you're me and you have enough time to ponder the bearded lady next to you, then you start asking yourself what Clyde and I used to term the uh, the Woodja questions, which are, for example, what if she was really hot? I mean, I mean, really, honestly, what if you were next to like a nine? I mean, like an LA nine, not a Portland nine, or like an LA nine, tall, great body, really gorgeous, full beard. I mean, that's a whole lot of would you or would you not? All right, there you go. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's do one more. Uh, we'll just take these kind of unscreened calls here at the top. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Rick? Hello, sir. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. I think that was the bearded lady. <laughs> Hello. Do you have these legs in a large... Um, that was a leg. That was a pantyhose joke. All right. Do they still sell those legs? Le- eggs? Oh, the ones in the little egg shape The ones that come in the little egg, egg shape things? I don't things? think so. Oh, well, right. they probably do. That's a culture. I'm going to have to update that cultural reference. Do women wear... Women wear nylons, right? I mean, women still wear yeah. whatever they go to the store and buy, or hose, as my grandmother used to call them. All right. I'll have to update that. What is the brand? What 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 is the... Uh, what is it? What is the the most mainstream brand of female nylons, Sarah? If it's not legs, what is it? I need to update that card in my know. mental, my pop culture Rolodex. I don't buy a lot of nylons. I bought uh, my first pair of tights in a long time. Though. You know what you wanted? Tights like stretch pants? What? Are, what do you mean tights? Like tights, like flat. I don't know the lingo. Oh, your tights are like like nylons, but they're the but thicker. They're thicker. Pants. Yeah. All right. You know what you ought to do? You ought to go back to doing what the girls did in the forties. You ought to start painting your nylons on. It's true. I think that'd be pretty cool. That'd get you noticed. All right, that or a beard. Bam, and it's a callback. There you go. No, I know a lot of girls, well, especially like suicide girls and stuff, will get like stockings tattooed on the backs of their legs. See, that's, I don't know, that's either hot or, or freaky, or maybe a little bit of both. All right, I got to think about that for a while. Uh, okay, here we are out of time again, and I haven't had time to talk about any of this other stuff. So, all right, well, so there you go, which is so unlike us. I'm sorry. I apologize for being a little frazzled today. I'm running behind. Have you had morning. any coffee yet? I've had all, I've had all kinds of coffee. It just hasn't actually taken effect yet. I normally start drinking coffee at ten. Today I started around ten fifty. So by the, you know like from half an hour half an hour from now I'll be fine. All right, we'll take a break here. Come back after this. Tim Riley coming up at the top of the hour with the new news hour. Lisa Goddard, Steve Kastenbaum, Jim Roop, the top five, Storm Large, and all that. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I need to have it written. Yeah, you really... I never look at that piece of paper and not see anything written on there. Yeah, this is... No, I'm... Nobody's fault but my own. It's running incredibly late. Uh, I was here, and then I left, and I came back, and, it's just, and the, the traffic was ass. It's just all bad. I mean, it's not a bad day as such. Just You know how I'm a, I'm a slave to routine. So, yeah, so I walked in. Uh, my caffeine consumption happened late today, and then my programming... My programming matrix... 
which I disregard almost every day, I still have to have. If it's not written down, it just throws my whole game off. Even though I, I mean, and I refer to it almost never. I write down the schedule or the matrix of things we're going to be doing throughout the day, and then I never look at it again, and the actual program that we execute bears almost no resemblance to this. Yet, by the same token, if I don't have, it's like having a to-do list at home or something. Like, if you, if, you, if you don't have it, it just throws me out. All right. And you went to see Dick Dale this weekend as well. I did. I went to see Dick Dale, and then I also went to see my favorite band, Midlake. And Midlake is like that Fleetwood Mac sounding mm-hmm. band? Yeah, they were really awesome. All right, I feel like I have more to say about everything, but I, I, the last 35 minutes would indicate that if I try to open my mouth to comment on any of that, uh, it's just going to be a lot of rambling gibberish. Uh, before we welcome Lisa Goddard, let's quickly get uh, whoever this is. Uh, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Uh, it is, sir. Hey, what's up? Now, I'm just curious. Like, okay, so you're surfing through the Internet about this chick with the bearded face, you know? Wait, no, hold on. Let's stop. First of all, this was not on the Internet. I know. This was next to me at Safeway this morning. There was a woman with a beard. Exactly. Okay, so... You may be surfing through the Internet for pictures. Well, I, I know, but... Okay. Hypothetically saying... Uh-huh. You're surfing through the Internet. You come across an image of a hot, hot woman. Yeah. Only to find out that she's a tranny. Isn't that kind of on the same... You know... We're entering a whole dangerous realm of the listener psyche, I think. But I, it, well, it's like this: there is a photograph, like a like an animated gif, or you know, like an animated image that goes around the net that uh, somebody has sent me. I've gotten that probably twice. People have sent this to me, and it's a. It just it looks like you know sometimes even now in the era of broadband you will go to a web page, and the, the pictures take a minute to load. And depending on your browser, they either sort of pixelate in, they fade in, or sometimes they load from the bottom up. And so there's a picture going around the net that somebody sends you as part of a larger web page, and it's obviously been designed to do this. But you click, and it says, like, hey, check, click here to check out this hot girl, whatever. And, you, you know, of course, because I'm an idiot, because I have a Y chromosome, I say, all right, and I click on it. And the picture loads from the bottom up, just like a lot of other pictures do. And it's like, hot girl, hot girl in a bikini, stunningly hot girl in a bikini, really amazingly stunningly hot girl in a bikini. Oh, she's got the face of a dude. And it's one of those things that I think people create just to sort of screw with your, uh, with your internal bearings. And it does have that effect, by the way. So, I mean, is it along the same lines when you see a chick with a beard, though? Are I mean, you like... asking me if it's okay to have sex with a hermaphrodite? You can just come out and be um, honest about it. No. <laughs> Let me ask you this. No, are you gay if you do? Well, that's, see, that was going to be my thing. Let me ask you this. What if, now I'm just saying, what if there was some amazingly hot woman, uh, except she had a penis, and <laughs> I'm just saying, what if, it, it, with her pants on or her skirt on, she was one of the hottest women you've ever seen? What if I, I mean, what if you had the chance to, uh, in other words, who's an actress you find really stunningly hot? I don't know, probably Jessica Alba. Okay, Jessica Alba. Now, I'm not saying this is the case. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. What if Jessica Alba uh, had a male member? Now, if I could say to you, Dustin, I'm uh, going to give you 15 minutes in a room with Jessica Alba, and and she will pleasure you as only she can. Um, And her skirt stays on the entire time, but you know she's got a penis. Would you do that? Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty hard I'm so course. sad that Lisa Goddard is hearing this whole conversation, but really, you did open yeah. this can of... I know, but... Um, I'm just saying, in other words, if she could, you know, she could take care of you, you know she's got one, you just don't have to see it. Oh, wow. I mean, that's quite a question, if you think about it. I mean, yeah, really pose, that, pose that to yourself. I mean, who's the hottest girl that you can think of, you know? I mean, uh, I don't know. This whole conversation I mean, is 
making Sarah really uncomfortable. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's, he has a question that he wants answered, but you're not saying what question it is. Who are you talking to? Him. What is the what is the I question, Sarah? Are you just trying to figure out if you're gay? Because there's no, nothing wrong with no. it. No, no, no. Married, have kids, uh-huh. everything. You know, that doesn't mean Elton anything. John was married. <laughs> That's true. But okay, so, uh, sir, no, let me just say this. Uh, are you at work right now? No. Okay. I'm a, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm a stay-at-home dad. Do you do me a favor? Think on this a little. Call me, and I mean this sincerely. Think about it, and give me a call back a little later. I really do want to continue this. So, but I feel like you need alone time to really process this oh. question. <laughs> Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, All right. There you go. I just just realized somehow that I had become become the Freud-looking guy with the pad scribbling away, and he was on my couch. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, and I'm so sorry. CNN radio correspondent of the stars, Lisa Goddard. Let me just uh, apologize first off for everything about me in this program. (laughs) Okay. How are you doing? doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Hope you weren't made too uh, off-put or awkward by that whole conversation. No, are you can I just I just you know sitting back and and uh, letting it roll. It definitely brought to mind the Entourage episode. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Where they hook the mayor of Beverly Hills. They hook the mayor of Beverly Hills because a drama wants to be listed in the Beverly Hills zip code, and, right. and he's not. He's just over the boundary. And so to get it done, the mayor of Beverly Hills is like, hey, if you can, and he's Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day. He's like, if you yeah. can hook me up with a lovely lady. I'll put you in that zip code. And they hook him up with a hot girl who turns out to have both sets, um, and then it ends up on TMZ. So um, right, and he ends up he ends up saying, no, well, you know what? Okay. Well, you know, I mean. He says, I'll take it. Look, I mean, you know, any, any port in a storm, I suppose. I, it, but it, this all did have its genesis, quite honestly, uh, standing next to uh, a woman at the checkout counter this morning at the supermarket who had a beard. So, it's all very, oh, no kidding. Wow. It's, no, it's, and, uh, and she was very clearly, and again, I looked at the Adam's apple, looked at the, the wrists, you know, because if they get thin wrists, is a, you know, that's a sign that it probably is a genetic female. And yet, full beard, full mustache, uh, like she was auditioning to front Molly Hatchet. I mean, it really was pretty... So that's that's. I don't want you to think that we were just discussing discussing hermaphroditic sex just as sort of like a way to pass the time. Okay. How was your weekend? How are things? Oh, it was good. It was good. Now we uh, speaking of just speaking of a whole ball of weirdness and awkwardness. So you had been in a diner uh, because of the Larry Craig thing. That's correct. I was there for three days. You should know this. We have a listener in Minnesota, uh, a guy named uh, Randy, who listens to us there. Oh, and he listens to us online. He lives in a diner. Now, no kidding. here's the thing, though. He had gone to, like, the library or something. He'd gone to, like, return it over to a book or whatnot. Yeah. And on his way back to the house, and he called us later, and he said, so on my way back to my house, there were all these news people gathered out there, and I couldn't figure out why they were all there. And this guy's a longtime listener. It's like, I couldn't figure out why all the news people were there and i walked right by the cnn truck and everything and i went back to my house and then listening to the podcast later on he realized that he had walked probably within five feet of you and had no idea oh that stinks i'm so mad that's too that would have been great now he's filled with self-loathing oh just so you know i mean the only i would say there's a good chance i'll get back there except we don't know when this judge is going to rule it could be any day if we had notice i'd I'd get back out there and then uh, i hear good pizza in a diner i'm told uh, there's a super target, frighteningly enough, right can, across from the can, He wasn't the only one. That was probably the most hilarious thing. All these parents with their kids is kind of well, the library is right right at the courthouse, essentially. And please, please to tell me what uh, differentiates okay. a target from a super target. You know, I don't know. I think this super target has yet to open. 
And so I, there, there was no, uh, it, it was not clear. It, it was very compound-like, very, uh, very, very lengthy. Very compound-like, not unlike, uh, not unlike Jonestown. <laughs> not unlike Jonestown, but I didn't go, I didn't go inside, so I don't know. All right. Uh, well, let's catch up on a few things that have transpired in the last couple of days. First of all, what what make ye Lisa Goddard of Newt Gingrich saying he's uh, definitely not running in 08? How about it? I, you know, I'm not shocked. I, th- I think that just means that conservatives feel like they've got at least one, maybe two potential options with Fred Thompson and maybe even Mike, Mike Huckabee, uh, the Arkansas governor, who's, who's starting to climb up the charts a little bit. But I, I think I think it just means that conser- there's there's now enough conservatives out there that Newt Gingrich, there's there's just not enough money and interest out there, and he, he can't is, do it. Let me ask you this: Is his pers- in your uh, assessment, is the perception of him within the the GOP and the GOP voters of America is the perception of him um, positive enough that he could theoretically still be elected to something in, a, in another in another time, or, or is he just are his negatives too high? You know, I think I think there's also some indifference too. It's a thing with Gingrich. You know, and he just he has some he has some baggage with him. He's seen as a little blustery at times. Most everyone sees him as a very intelligent man, a man who does think things out, and recently has. Uh, been more open than he was when he was the Speaker of the House uh, to seeming to listen to counter arguments and get involved in debates and be a little bit more academically rigorous. Uh, and so that's earning him some points as well. But yeah, I just I think that it's it's gonna be tough for him to to try and become president anytime in the future. He has a very strong fan base, people who really like his style, really like his intelligence. Uh, but I think there's also a sense that hey, he's had his shot. Uh, and his his time has passed. We kind of like him as as the guy in the back seat. It's like, hey, what are you doing up there? You know, kind of. You, you know what it is? I have this theory, and the theory is this. My theory is that um, Republicans are, as a party and ideology wise, at least this part, the so-called neocons. I think contemporary Republicans, as a party, are the bad cop, but I think only the good cop can get elected. That's that's my theory. Um, you know what I mean? That you but have. What do you mean? Really? You, and you think you think of George Bush as the good cop? Well, I, because I mean, I'm, I'm not saying either way. I mean, in other words, I would think there'd be a debate on that. I, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, there's the outside and then there's the inside. Uh, and I think the public face of the GOP at this point to get elected has to be very. Um, in other words, if Mitt Romney did not have some of the baggage that he has in terms of his style, his persona, the way he looks, the way he talks. Right, he's got the jawline. Yeah, Mitt, and, and he seems... And he's got the Olympics. He saved the Olympics. Yeah, and he, and he seems very family-friendly. He seems sure. very... The, the key word is just to be modulated uh, externally. Now, I'm not... And, you know, and, and then you let your Carl Rove, you let your Dick Cheney come in uh, with the leather-filled, you know, with the, with the sap and do and do the dirty work. I'm saying in, in, in terms of the public face that the public votes for and you say gingrich does not have that gingrich doesn't gingrich it's all on the surface with him you know what i mean think about giuliani i mean giuliani's got more baggage than anybody that is why well i'm telling you right now giuliani will not be our next president i'm telling you that right now um because people think he's a people think he's a little crazy uh and you know and of course his own party is going to completely smear him with all of his various marital problems and his conflicting views on same-sex marriage and stem cells and whatnot although they know that he could be the nominee so they're being careful right now I think they I think I think that and again I don't know but I think America might vote for Giuliani in the vice president role mm-hmm. uh you know and well, then you, and then you stick a huge the worst vice I mean he's a guy I can't imagine him accepting the position of vice president but although he'd be great for the press I feel like he'd just be spouting off probably not I mean, it's his just own director well I think the president's wrong but who am 
I? I'm just the vice president. I think that, and this is just my estimation, but I do think that whatever their beliefs are on the inside, I think the sort of family values coalition types in this country, they, the, 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 the guy they want to vote for has to have at least this sort of Potemkin appearance of being, you know, like, uh, you know, like... With Catherine the Great there, nice. Yeah, it was... Just, no, I think, he, I think uh, go ahead, yes. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's, I, think, I think they all want to vote for the dad from Leave it to Beaver, uh, <laughs> but, then they all, but then they all want a guy sort of standing in the shadows who, who will come out and sort of do the dirty work. Here's what I think the one thing you're missing this year. I think you are right about those um, you know, Christian conservative groups, whatever you want to call them, the Christian right, whatever. I think you're right that that is what they look for. And I think that they don't stomach someone like, like Rudy Giuliani on a, on a num, for a number of different reasons. And they do have issues with Mitt Romney because of uh, his abortion stances. But, but I think that this year, so things could change, but right now, that group is not activated. They, they aren't really excited about anyone. And the truth is, I, I think they feel, I think they have a sense that they have won some of their major battles, which have been things like getting judges appointed to courts, the Supreme Court prominently, and we saw a number of rulings just switch and go the other way in a conservative direction last year with the addition of President Bush's two new judges. And, and But also I think those judges on lower levels in the appellate courts, all those things, conservatives really care a lot about that, and they've won a lot of battles, and they also have a distaste with the guy that they put in charge. Mm. So I think this I think this year they're kind of a... Uh, you know, Staying home, sitting out in the car, sitting out in the garage. Well, a you, bit. you know, James Dobson actually has said a couple times that if Fred Thompson is the GOP nominee, that he will instruct uh, the focus on the family uh, members to not vote. Oh, that see, that it's fascinating. I really think that, and this could be part of Newt Gingrich's calculations as well. I think that as much as there is such a fight for the conservative vote, I just, I, I think that that uh, that vein in the coal mine right now has been tapped, and I, I think there's just a lot, not a lot there this year. Not the same force there that got President Bush into office twice in a row. I think they're a little exhausted from the, from what they've done, and I think they're a little disillusioned as well. And uh, and. Also, I think they've had some successes, so I, I think this is a bit of a buy year for the conservatives. I think they're going to—I think they're just not going to be the critical force they were in the past. Now, anything can change. If there's a big abortion fight, something happens in the next six months, they could be activated. But right now, I just don't think that's the group that's going to decide this election. Speaking of speaking of big fights, I know we're we're kind of short on time here, but I know, and we'll probably talk more about this in the near future. But I know that the SCOTUS, as they say, the Supreme yeah, Court of the United States—they got all the big hitters coming up. There's Supreme Court terrorism, lethal Ooh. injection, cocaine sentencing, child pornography. I mean. It's all the, the Supreme Court's greatest hits are all coming Laws, up. Laws, right. Everything is up there. I mean, the first one of those comes up this week, and that is that cocaine case, this idea, and you guys have probably talked about this before, that there are many statutes for which uh, possession of a gram of crack cocaine is equivalent to, say, 100 grams of powder cocaine, and, where, and the, the penalties for a gram of crack versus a gram of powder cocaine are vastly different. In, in some cases, uh, crack cocaine often being a felony, powder cocaine for that same amount, if it's a low amount, would be a misdemeanor potentially. And, and, so, and this, of course, deals with the issue of race and the issue of uh, the truth is that most people who are charged for possession of crack cocaine are minorities. Uh, you could say low, low income as well, but minorities and those who have powder cocaine are more often Caucasian. And, and so this is a, a really hot button case that the Supreme Court's going to get into. All right. It's going to be, this is, I can already smell over the next like six months, it's going to be a good time to be us. So I, you <laughs> I know think, what it is? I'm smelling I think on the horizon. It's wild. All right. And Larry Craig, by the way, 
really, it, it, it seems like he is trying to pour cement around his shined shoes. He is trying to stay here in oh, Washington, and the Republicans wait. don't like it. Oh, it's fantastic. All right, we will talk more in the immediate future. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. You also. All right, CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Goddard, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Wonderful. Excellent. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, oh, you know, this is, did I ever send you to Steve Kastamon? Of course I didn't. Because that would make nope. sense. That would be productive. Why would I ever want to do that? Hold on. Let me just... Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, now from the city that never sleeps. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, CNN radio correspondent and man of the city, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing good. Outside the United Nations today. It, what is it? Uh, this is one of those things <laughs> I probably should know about. What's happening at the United Nations today? Something oh, we're, is... we're waiting for the... Um... The Foreign Minister of Myanmar, otherwise known as Burma, to address uh, the UN General Assembly today. The General Assembly, the show that never ends. When did this? Uh, when did this stop being Burma? Uh, in the, uh, you know, I'm, I might be getting this wrong. I think about 18 years ago. It's weird how we just latch onto those names because because they're they're more exotic or more interesting sounding, and we just refuse as a society to transition over to the new name. Um, I, I could be I could be getting that wrong. I know that 18 years ago is when they had uh, 18 or 19 years ago they had another series of, of demonstrations where uh, the you know the ruling junta cracked down on them violently and killed uh, a lot of folks there that were demonstrating. But I'm not sure if that's when they changed the name to Myanmar. It might have been. Earlier than that, it might have been when uh, these generals took over uh, in the 60s. This is sort of like when, uh, when uh, you know, the, the country that is now Zaire, you know, was the Belgian Congo, I think. And that every, I know for, for, I had a history teacher tell me that just for years, everybody just continued to call it the Belgian Congo just because it was a much more evocative name. It just sounded much more interesting. Um, the reason, and you, if you know anything about this program, you know that I am a very, very casual sports fan. I really only... Uh, really, sports-related news stories, they only kind of come into my field of vision when there's something really notable happening. And really, this is the phrase that caught my eye today. I was talking about this earlier. Right here, the phrase, the New York Mets season comes to an amazing end as they lose 12 of their 17 games. Quote, it is one of the worst collapses in baseball history. And so yes, that's it absolutely is. <laughs> now that's the sentence that gets me that gets me really interested. Now are the Mets, am I confusing them with somebody else? Are the Mets the team that was just legendarily excruciatingly bad throughout the sixties? Yeah, I mean they're legendary for disappointing their fans. You know, year <laughs> after year they would start the season off looking like uh, you know they did did some some good stuff in the off season as far as acquisitions were concerned, you know, they always paled in comparison to the New York Yankees and just couldn't live up to them because they didn't have the same amount of money to pay for the same kind of stars. But here they were in New York City, still packing the house. But year after year, you know, you'd start off the season thinking the Mets, ah, this could be the year. They look pretty good on paper. And then invariably somebody would be injured or, or somebody wouldn't live up to all the hype. And you'd be extremely disappointed in them. So this was the year that it looked like all the pieces were falling into place. Not since 1986 and the World Series win then did it look like the Mets were going to be faring so well. They went into the final couple of weeks, 18 days left to the season, with a seven-and-a-half game lead in first place in the uh, National League East. Now, that's like a lot that's, that's, when it comes to baseball. And I know enough about baseball to know that seven and a half games is not insurmountable, but it is, that makes you the presumptive, you know, the presumptive uh, winner. But two and a half weeks to go in the season, absolutely. Yeah. So what do they do? They proceeded to lose game after game after game. <laughs> 
and they gave it away to the Phillies after losing yesterday to the Florida Marlins. That's it. They're out. <laughs> listen to the listen to the, just the grim resignation in his voice. I I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Please don't think I'm laughing at your city. It's just is sort of. I grew up. You know, uh, obviously, I was you know I was not alive in the '60s, but just I remember as weird as this sounds, going back and uh, I'm a big Mad Magazine reader and always was as a kid, and I remember going back and reading old Mad Magazines from the '60s. My dad had given me his his pile of Mad Magazines, and just even as a kid in the '70s and the '80s, reading just these old issues of Mad, where they just railed on the Mets just repeatedly, just one <laughs> issue after another, and just knowing it's part of the pop culture that they do this. So let me let me just ask you. Flat out, as a New Yorker, I mean, obviously, you know, you're there, you, you know, you want the New York team to win, but in a weird way, is it is it almost sort of more gratifying when they don't because it sort of lets you to con- it lets you continue to, to like kvetch about it. Well, well, as as a New Yorker, it's much more gratifying to the Yankees fans when the Mets lose, right? Because all day today, I'm sure the guys in the offices are, are really. Letting, you know, the Yankees fans are letting the Mets fans have it, you know, and, and they love doing that. And the Mets fans can't stand Yankees fans. <laughs> so it's because, you know, because the Yankees spend a lot of money and, and they get right. accused, rightfully so, of buying, you know, the playoffs and buying the World Series because they're able to get the best players money can buy. So, you know, the Mets fans are just sick of it. They hear it all the time. And this was the year that, you know, they were right on par with the Yankees up until the very end. <laughs> what, is it, what is it like on those days when, like, Mets fans and Yankees fans have to ride the subway together? I mean, oh, it's, it's, it's really bad. I mean, <laughs> first of all, today I had the hardest time even finding anybody wearing a Mets hat or a Mets jersey. <laughs> it was extremely difficult. Earlier in the day I had to go interview Mets fans, and it was just impossible. I couldn't find anybody just wearing, wearing Mets paraphernalia. Burning their merchandise and renouncing the team. And that you... So, well, there you go. So that's, I mean, and again, I don't mean to sound as though I'm making comedic lemonade out of the lemons of the New York Mets, but I mean, it is, it's, everybody's, everybody's got to have their Susan Lucci. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. The Mets are the Susan Lucci of baseball. You've got it. That's all, it. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Steve Kastenbaum in New York City, home of one of the worst collapses in baseball history. There you go. See, it's things like that. It's, I, I don't know that I could ever really be a sports fan because I think it's just not in my makeup somehow. But things like that puts a little smile on my face. All right. Uh, well, we should probably break here. What say you, Sarah Dillon? Let's do it. All right. Take a break here. Back after this, Tim Riley at the uh, Ministry of Truth. Later on, CNN Radio correspondent James Rupel. I'm feeling more awake now. I'm feeling better about things. Feeling more solid in my place in life. Uh, back after this, Tim Riley, Jim Roop, Top 5, Storm Large, all on the way. Here's Rob Halford. That's not right. They should be killed. All right. Uh, why? Hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, seeing a radio correspondent, James Roop. Oh, this is what he's talking about. I got it right here. I finally got the uh, prep sheet to print out. So we talked about the Mets implosion. Uh, we talked about the SCOTUS uh, with Lisa Goddard. Speaking of SCOTUS and POTUS and all things that rhyme with uh, that, I'm watching the second season of The West Wing. Uh, although I'm, I'm trying to watch the whole series all the way through the end of season four. Again on DVD. Boy, is that just the best program ever? I mean, just, I haven't seen that second season of The West Wing all the way through. I mean, in order, except the stray repeat notwithstanding. 
uh, since it originally aired, which I think is in 99 or something like that. Just, it hasn't, I mean, it's just unbelievably just jaw-droppingly good. Uh, we'll talk to Jim Rupp later on about, oh, it's because, oh, it's the old people. All the, uh, they're making the old, they're, they're instituting more hoops that the uh, elderly have to jump through to get their driver's licenses in California. Old people, and let me just say this. In my experience, anyway, old people are a menace in general behind the wheel, but in California especially, because I don't know what it is about this. Is it something? Well, they've been running people up the road longer. <laughs> they have more. They have more experience at it. They have more. I mean, whatever. It, Laura has an aunt uh, who I will not name, but her. Uh, Laura has an aunt who she has the right idea. The aunt is terrified of freeway driving. And so she just doesn't do it. She won't. If she has to get from one place in Los Angeles to another place in California, you know, it's like two hours via highway, she will take the nine-hour scenic route if it means that she doesn't have to use any highways. But that's exactly the right thing. She knows she's no good at highway driving, so she avoids it. Most people not like that. Most people seem to have this idea that if they're no good at highway driving, the, the method to me like to drive as fast as your car will go so the trip is over faster. So the trip is usually over faster because you plow directly into me, killing us both. All right. Uh, the Ministry of Truth, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Teenagers are very mean. A teenage boy is accused of crashing the Clackamas County Courthouse and damaging a revered public heirloom. The 17-year-old broke into the courthouse and immediately went on a bash and trash spree, smashing windows, throwing around and dropping computers, copying machines, and hacking the nine-foot-tall carved redwood statue of Lady Justice. This is a Clackamas County landmark that people bow before. A, a Clackamas County landmark. Uh, it dates back to the late 1800s. That, that and that big pyramid from, uh, from uh, Rusty's party back in 78. The Lady Justice of Clackamas County is damaged, but she can be fixed. No, she can't. It could have been a lot worse. The Lady Justice of Clackamas cannot be fixed. She's beyond repair. Apparently, there was a security worker in the building and heard all the stuff smashing. Well, so, he, he managed to trash the place before the security guard caught on to it. Snuffy thing. was sleeping it off in the back room. Snuffy, sorry. So he, so, so he hacked down the, the wooden justice statue? Yes, he hacked it. And uh, the statue was in a glass case, which was shattered in the attack on Lady Justice of Clackamas County. So, so Lady Justice is now not only blind, she's got a limp and hobbles severely to the mm -hmm. left when she walks. Okay. So uh, a security guard heard the breaking of other windows, doors, and machinery. Called the police, who responded and courted the boy on the second floor, then stunned him with a stun gun. He is now in jail. But the biggest concern now is, what are we going to do about Lady Justice of Clackamas County? Lady Justice, who is blind and needs a rascal to get around these days. Maybe we should take up Lady Justice as our personal cause to restore her to her former luster. No, I... Clackamas County. I don't, I don't think so. All right. Well, Lady Justice, you're on your own. Well, this is the uh, the biggest fear of anyone in a wheelchair being hit by a train. Uh, it happened in Seattle. A woman in a wheelchair hit by a train and dragged while on her way to a job oh. at Safeco Field. The woman was crossing the railroad tracks around 9.30 in the morning. She got her wheels stuck in the tracks. She sat there helplessly as the train approached. Oh, that's just... Okay. Let's... Is she dead? Hmm? Is she dead? No. Okay, so she's alive. Yes. She's expected to survive. Very unhappy. Well, no, I'm just... I just wanted to know the outcome before I... I, I I'm not... 
I mean, I just don't understand how that happens. First of all, if there's a train coming... Well, if you're riding a bicycle, you can get stuck on tr- uh, tracks, can't you? Um, If you're riding... Uh, the only really serious bike accident I've ever had mm-hmm. did come as a result of train tracks. Um, I was driving... Uh, I was biking to the uh, intercom building. And you know that area where there's that Marriott that they've built now? Yeah. Uh, they were doing construction down there, and there was a side road that you bike down. And in my own defense, there were no other cars on the road. There was certainly no train coming. But I was riding par- – it's my own fault, though. I was riding parallel with the railroad tracks, and the tracks are not above ground. The tracks are flush with the street level. But there are little ridges, and um, I was trying to cross over the railroad tracks on my bike, and I went to them at too parallel of an angle. Mm-hmm. And the we- I realize no one cares about this, but the, the wheels slipped into the the ridge beneath, beside the track, caught, and I flipped off the handlebars, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't understand. In a wheelchair, if she was trying to cross railroad tracks and a train was coming, wouldn't there have been one of those little, didn't the arm come down and tell you, like, hey, you, get, I mean, don't you notice a train is coming? I, I suppose, but she was stuck, and the uh, the, the uh, engineer blew the whistle, but he couldn't stop in time. Oh, that's you know that's got to be one of the most nerve wracking jobs is being one of those conductors on a train, because if there's some guy on the tracks, I mean those trains take like half a mile to stop, I think. So by the time you see somebody, it's I mean I hate to sound morbid about this, but really at that point. Why do you even honk the horn? All you're going to do is wake them up and let them know they're about... Oh, just let them sleep. You know what I mean? I'm not saying she was asleep, but you're about those bums who are like, you know, they have a bunch of Scotty J fortified wine and they pass out on the tracks. Train's coming along. Hey, there's a bum sleeping peacefully. Let's wake him up and give him, give him a few terror-filled seconds before he's dead. Let's make sure his last moments are filled with trauma. So they honk. I don't understand the point of honking the horn. Person's not going to move, and, and your ass isn't going to stop. Anyway, so they hit the train, and then she was stuck underneath... Yeah, apparently. I figured it would just throw you clear. I guess that's only... No, she she was thrown from the chair. Oh. Okay. So luckily she was thrown from the chair. Yeah, luckily. Would you not agree? Well, I mean, it all depends on how severe her uh, handicap was before and what it's like now. I mean, it really, it seems like if you have enough traumatic injuries and you're already in a wheelchair, eventually you're just going to be a head in a jar that people are sort of taking from place to place. So... All things considered, if it were me, I might just choose to be ground up into a fine paste. I'm just saying for me. All right. I'll make a note of that. Well, what's the best way to get people to church? Why not bring in a tiger? A churchgoers at Living Hope Community Church near the Coombe had reason to stick around after service on Sunday, and it had nothing to do with coffee and donuts or the Lord. It was a regular Noah's Ark. A tiger cub and a full-grown Bengal tiger were on display. Trainers fed the tigers and did a few tricks. They were both big hits, but the 350-pound Bengal had some audience members a little on edge. The event was a desire to draw more worshippers, and the standing room-only crowd turned out to see the animals. Where was this at? Uh, this is the Living Hope Community Church near the Couve. So really? So All in, they need is a bearded lady. I was going to say, so instead of the, the, the church figuratively being a three-ring circus, now it's literally becoming a three-ring circus. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Maybe the guy, maybe the guy can... Uh, he can perform the transcommunication with the uh, with the water and wine or whatever it is while he's uh, while he's on a unicycle of some kind. Say, have you noticed that uh, Larry Craig has stopped talking about quitting? Not that his Republican uh, colleagues are trying to get rid of him. Uh, worried that the disgraceful lawmaker intends to remain in the Senate indefinitely, they're threatening to notch up the public humiliation campaign and open up an ethics hearing on the restroom scandal that enveloped uh, Craig last month. They said the hearing would examine the original charges in Craig's case, including the allegation of interference with privacy for peeping into the bathroom stall occupied by an undercover cop. 
One uh, Republican aide image witnesses, documents, all in front of the lights. The committee would look into a patent of conduct. That means combing court records in other locales to discover if Craig had any prior arrests that haven't come to light. So, uh, since he's not going peacefully, this is, I mean... First of all, how does one even describe this, the prospect of endless congression? Don't the Republicans, I'm just saying as a political Why observer. Why the Clintons come back? I was just going to say the Republicans never learn anything. What happened the last time the Republicans tried to drag somebody in front of the American public People get tired of and it. shame them about their sexual proclivities? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all this is going to do, remember, Clinton had like a 79% approval rating or something by the time they get done with that. So, don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. Just in terms of talk radio grist for the mill, I'm all in favor of this. Larry Craig, in fact, I feel I ought to send him like a pro flowers thing right now, encouraging him to stay in office and fight until his last breath is gone. Sir, let me tell you, on behalf of the Rick Emerson Show and everyone here at CBS, and in fact, on behalf of all talk show hosts everywhere, we encourage you to stay in office and to make as much noise. Just padlock yourself to a desk. Chain yourself to the door. Trust yourself to the radiator. Refuse to go. If the Republicans do this, though, this is going to be the this will be the biggest public relations disaster that they've had since the Clinton thing, because what the Republicans don't need is to have yet another congressional investigation into someone's private sexual behavior. I mean, that's just stupid. And so, and the last time they did that, it just backfired on them like some sort of ill-manufactured cigar. So, all right, there you go. So, did anybody know that uh, Rudy Giuliani was here Saturday? He was. It was his second visit in three months. He spent a half an hour at Rose's Deli. But he didn't eat there. He already ate at a private home. He got coffee and talked with Oregon Congressman Greg Walden. Juliana shared his uh, position on the school choice and on rival Hillary Clinton's proposal to give every baby $5,000. From Rose's, he went to Kirkland, Washington for another fundraiser. We don't know how that worked out. Now, somebody told me that um, that Dick Cheney is traveling around, too, and may, in fact, be coming back to Portland at some point. Oh, some that point. sounds good. So he's... He never comes into town, though. He stays at the airport. <laughs> he stays out of the airport in some sort of a metal egg <laughs> floating in an amniotic substance. And that's usually wherever you, they put a cage in front of it so you can't get any closer. <laughs> I think the cage also might be to keep him from going berserk and maiming the first three rows of the audience. If there's a question he doesn't like. You do get the feeling that Dick Cheney is just... So convinced of his own genius and just so prone to just black fits of violence at any moment that, you know, if the flashbulb goes off at the wrong place, there might be a whole lot of like, you know, Kong smash, you know, and like Cheney might just take out a random bystander in the front row. All right. So an autopsy is planned today for that 45-year-old mother of three who died in police custody at Phoenix's Sky Harbor International Airport. Carol Ann Gottbaum was arrested at the airport Friday for disorderly conduct. They handcuffed her with her hands behind her back, took her to a holding cell, where she was later found dead. They found her with the handcuffs up in the neck area. They could not revive her, and tragically she died. Now, they, the official statement. they arrested her at the airport. Her name was Got Bomb. Yeah. Got Bomb. Okay. That'll be the new Al-Qaeda recruiting poster. Got Bomb? Um, anyway, and so they arrested her, and they stuck her in a cell, and then she... Was she just dead for no reason? Well, the... The handcuffs, I guess she choked herself with the handcuffs somehow. Well, that, that is determination. All right, then. So, uh, anyway, traveling alone, she uh, rebooked a, a flight after, uh, apparently, let's see, something happened to her first one. She was extremely irate, apparently running up and down the gate area. Airport workers who witnessed the arrest uh, said, Got bomb was screaming, I am not a terrorist, I'm a sick mom, I need help. So a police officer uh, put his knee on her back. <laughs> well, another one grabbed her flailing arms. <laughs> Excellent. I believe she was a little not there. Said <laughs> <laughs> now she's entirely not there. It, she, well, she's in a better place. Uh-huh. 
Uh, she kept punching. She kept screaming. She kept kicking. She looked scared, frightened. I thought that she was afraid she was going to jail. She was right. She went to jail. <laughs> well, okay, don't cause trouble at the airport. That's why I'm, as, as, you know, as, as obnoxious as I tend to be, I am just the most polite guy you've ever seen at the airport. Because, all, because And you know all those guys who work at the airport, those guys who work for the TSA, they are like rent-a-cops at a bad Walgreens somewhere. They are just waiting for the chance to use that training. Do you know what I mean? They have just—they've been given guns and, and the Tim Riley brand pepper spray, and they are just waiting for someone to unleash all of that minimum wage with a badge anger on. So yeah, you start flailing mm-hmm. anything, they're going to take you in a back room. You know when I when I uh, was coming back from vacation, not going there, but coming back, you know I for the first time was a victim of the random uh exacerbated is that the word I'm looking for uh, expanded screening oh uh and they didn't like I didn't have to go in the bed like they didn't give me the glove or anything but they uh, they did the thing where like I had to, they patted me down and they they did the thing of like making it open the front of your pants and whatnot which is I think the first time that that's happened to me where cuz you always see that where like the ninth, you know, every ninth person in line gets yanked out, and they they take you into some special room behind a screen, and then a guy begins probing you with something. So for the first time, that happened to me. So I am always uh, I'm always incredibly polite to the TSA guys. So uh, let's talk to her uh, stepmother, Betsy Gottbaum, who says uh, Carol was a sweet, loving mother of three. This is obviously very, very difficult for us. We are dealing with it as best we can. My my number one focus is those children. And my stepson. Yes, uh, the got bombs are having a difficult time of it. This is a horrible tragedy for my family, for my stepson and my three grandchildren. Carol was a wonderful, wonderful person. She was a wonderful mother. She was sweet and kind and loving. Except at airports. I was going to say, until you took her out in public or she had to interact with other humans at any time or she tried to travel anywhere. Well, look at it. There's one less person screaming and flailing their arms next to you when you're actually in the air. Uh, we should point out, by the way, for those who are listening at home, it is really hot in the studio today. I'm sure they want to hear about this. This, well, I'm just, I'm just saying, in case anybody, in case at any point you hear us just sort of start to faint and hit the ground like a sack of potatoes. Uh, I mean, are you hot? Are you fine? Or are you hot, Tim? I'm not hot. You, are you, are you fine? You are. I'm, I'm a, a little toasty. You're a little. It's very it's warm cozy. in here. Yeah, so it's oh 81. It is 81 degrees. Oh, I can't handle it. But the weird, the weird thing about the thermostat is the thermostat is set at like 65 or something. So I have uh, informed the engineers, and they assure me they're going to be talking to the guy who manages the heat. But who's to say whether that's really going to happen or not? All right, here's well, that. fall is here anyway. Oh, speaking of fall, when I was outside Saturday doing some yard work. Because my gardeners only come on Friday, and a storm wrecked things on Saturday. I didn't want, to, didn't want to wait a whole week, so I did my own work. So who comes around? It's Scotty's Magazine Sellers. Really? Uh-huh. Fantastic. What did they, did they give you exactly the same pitch? I wouldn't let them give me the pitch. Then they tried to sell me gifts. And I said, <laughs> I don't buy gifts. <laughs> did they say, look, here's some stuff we got from this J family down the street. Would you like a, here's some silver we got from this guy named Scotty. What, now, did you call the man? I didn't know. I didn't have my cell phone with me, and I was raking leaves, and I didn't have time. So do they – now, what was the what was the opening line they gave you when they came up? If I open this gate, will, will your dog bite me? And I said, most certainly. <laughs> and then I will shoot you in the face. And that's as far as they – well, I have some magazines here, and I go, I don't read magazines. Well, I have some gifts. I'm sorry I don't buy gifts. I don't like gifts, and I don't read. Please so leave my premises. Open the gate. <laughs> You're a RoboCop. You have ten seconds to comply. Man, your sidearms are coming out. Fantastic. Oh, I got this uh, giant recycling bucket, and I was in a hurry to fill it up. 
<laughs> Tell him. Um, so, uh, so Scotty, here's a good question for you, Scotty. Have you told? Really, Scotty? What? I'm not going to use that phrase, Scotty. Um, Tim, could you describe, or if you remember, the physical characteristics of the salesperson? Uh, here's what Scotty typed on the screen. Scotty said, "Were these salespeople of color, Tim?" So, no. That I, just sounds it was, awkward it was, for it was some a, reason. A young boy who looked like that. Uh, that pudgy kid on Hank Hill's cartoon. Oh, it was Bobby Hill. Yeah, Bobby Hill. And I'm here to. Okay, so he was. How old would you uh, would you place his age at? Nine or ten. Really? They've got kids doing their dirty work now. Yeah, things for school. She didn't identify uh, what school this might be. <laughs> the um, funny, I pay taxes for schools. There's a big check that's taken out of my property tax for school. <laughs> well, that's that's like when I was going to. Um, Scotty has noted that because it was a child. Here's what Scotty has typed. I think he's trying to type the word legitimate. And he has just spelled L-A-G-G-I-T. Laggit. The boy might be a school kid, therefore laggit. Uh-huh. I remember going to a private school, and they not only would um, would they have us do stuff like that, every fall they would have us out selling like like crap Christmas cards and just and and like uh and uh, like uh like boxes of like candy, you know, whatnots and, and so and just and I, even as a kid, I remember being eleven years old and going like, well what like, I would hear my parents bitching every month when they had to pay the tuition to this private school. And then they would have me out on the street peddling my uh, my shoddy wares to passers-by, all of whom uh, felt guilty for me. And, they would buy, and then I, in turn, would feel guilty that they were buying some crap from me to keep me to school that we were already paying hundreds of dollars a month for yeah. anyway. just makes no sense And does the lottery pay a big percentage of education? <laughs> I saw you Why saw... are they selling magazines door-to-door? So the billboards would have you believe. Hey, speaking of uh, things that the school pays for, now I know that uh, in certain areas the property taxes are higher than in certain other areas, which is to say that uh, all y'all in the suburbs pay a much larger uh, property tax yes, than the people in southeast Portland. Right? Twice as much. Now, uh, at Susan Reynolds, uh, you know, her older daughter, the one that's the Hellion? Yes. This is kind of cool, though. At her uh, daughter's school, they are now starting a radio station. Uh, not even a high school station. It's a station for, like, seventh graders, which is actually pretty great. I mean, as much as I complain about, you know, that taxes never going to anything worthwhile to school, that's actually pretty great. Uh, you know, because usually you have to wait till you're in high school to enter any sort of a radio program. But this is for middle schoolers. Of course, her daughter, uh, coming from a radio family and, of course, just being difficult and uh, cantankerous about everything, is completely nonplussed by the whole thing. She's completely unimpressed by the radio station. So Susan, in her bid, once again, to be the cool mom, has offered to help out with the... Uh, Offered to That's help really out with cool. the administration, yeah. which really is cool. I mean, you know what? And the irony is, Susan will go and she'll offer to help out with the administration of this teen radio station, and every kid but hers will think it's great. Probably every kid but hers will be impressed. Because like Susan puts on Rockfest, you know what I mean? And the only child who will not be impressed is her own. That's the sort of Faustian uh, pain that comes with having to tell your milking friend Lisa that she's got that to look forward to. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Oh, and speaking of promotional people, you'll be pleased to learn... That there's another Mac user here, and it's Richie. Richie Bristol? He brings his own Mac to work because he doesn't want to be bothered by these Bill Gates contraptions. No. <laughs> no, these, um, I, I will, I, I mentioned last week, actually, that not only had I not upgraded to Windows Vista at my house, that I had, in fact, never upgraded to Windows XP, that I was still using Windows 2000, and I'm pretty sure that Windows 2000 actually came out in 1999, so I'm now using an operating system that is almost a decade old, and I just had many emails from people telling me, like, you know, that I, I should get my ass in gear and upgrade, because eventually stuff is just going to quit working. Like, I've already run into certain applications that I cannot use on my PC because it's got such an old, out-of-date operating system. For example, uh, I cannot use...
I mean, I can use my MP3 player, mm-hmm. but some of the more slick interfaces won't load because I still run Windows 2000. Also, you know what I can't use because I run Windows 2000? I cannot use that new Amazon Music Store, which sort of I'm kind of embittered about because it looks really great. So I nah, am gonna. You just need iTunes. That's all you need. When you say that, I just sort of picture like a huge banner in red square of Steve Jobs like looking down through wire-rimmed glasses. Um, so th- I'm going to have to buckle down this week and install Windows Vista. Although, this is, you'll appreciate this, Tim. Here's another reason for you to smirk at me for being a Microsoft user. So because I still run Windows 2000 at home and never uh, put on XP, which is the operating system that came up between Windows 2000 and Vista... Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, I don't want to go buy Windows XP and put it on when I can just skip straight ahead to the current one, which is Vista. Apparently, Vista cannot, you cannot upgrade from Windows 2000 to Vista. So I'm just going to have to delete everything on my computer. When I put Vista on, it's just going to erase everything on my hard drive. I guess if I had Windows XP, you can upgrade. But if you skip, this is how Bill Gates punishes you. Like some sort of a Dickensian father, this is what he does to you. So because I never bought XP... I figured, hey, I'll save money. I'll skip an upgrade. I don't know. I'm not skipping anything. I'm going to put on Windows XP, and it's going to slowly but inexorably erase every single thing I have on my computer, and I will be effed completely. And then, I, and then I'm going to have to go back and just laboriously reinstall every single application I ever had, which I'm going to have to do because... I can't just continue to not upgrade because eventually I'm going to get to the, I'm going to turn on the computer and it's going to it's going to set itself ablaze. So and if so, I've got that to look forward to. So if I come in all bleary eyed and filled with profanity one of these days, you'll know why that was Mac user. But I will admit for the first time in five years, I am bringing my Mac into service because I need more memory. Such a jerk. I don't need any upgrades. The Mac does it automatically. I don't need anything new. It's been taking care of itself all along. It just works so flawlessly that I need more memory for all the music and fun downloads that I'm able to use without failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Great. Thanks. Well, for the first time in five years. Yes. 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 Other than that, it's like a nanny that doesn't need to be looked after. <laughs> We're all impressed. Uh, come on, come all to the uh, Salem City Council meeting tonight as they discuss lap dancing. Really? Yes. I'm there. Lap dancing will be discussed tonight. American County judges rule that lap dances fall under the state's free speech provisions and Salem's prohibited touching, sexually excited physical contact for pay is unconstitutional. Salem residents are hoping to limit Salem strip clubs, and they're calling this ruling a setback. They say they, they hope to get a measure on the ballot to amend the state constitution to strengthen local government regulation of strip clubs. I thought they wanted less government. No, it... Not when it comes to sex. Not when it they they comes want to, to be sex. looking in your keyhole. Of course. Um, they don't even want you to have a door. Mm. You know, in uh, in England, it was kind of weird. They actually had the old style, like weird, like 1850 locks with the weird skeleton oh, key yeah. thing. Yeah. They had a keyhole. You actually honestly could look through the keyhole of the room we stayed in. Mm-hmm. It's like some bed and breakfast thing at Bath. You actually could get down and peer through the keyhole. It was, I actually did it myself just so I could live like a weird Philip Marlowe, you know, detective moment where I was like, Looking through the keyhole and seeing a whole lot of nothing, but so I'm never and I'm not a uh, I do not uh, I do not patronize uh, establishments such as that just as a general rule. But I mean, it's, it just seems so weird. I have um, there's a Portland blog. Uh, I don't remember the name offhand. I'll find it. There's a, I know a guy. How do I put this? I know a guy who, under an alternate um, identity, does a blog all about Portland strip clubs. 
And I had no idea. And I didn't know this until he sort of told me about it a while back. He's like, hey, did you know I do this other... I do this secret blog under a pseudonym for Portland strip clubs. And Like, what do you blog about for strip clubs? Well, that's, I'm glad you asked that, Sarah. Uh, it, because I had the same thought. I'm like, well, what... What is there really to blog about? Rating the dancers? Yes, uh, the dancers, the various types of dancing, the 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 music. How big of an audience would there be for this? The I didn't understand a single syllable of that. What? How big of an audience would there be who reads? Swear to God, I thought I thought the word beef was in it the first time you said it. Um, No, I don't talk about beef. I. Uh, well, you know, Portland does have more. They always say that Portland does have more adult businesses per capita than any other city in America. And I don't know if that's absolutely true, but it's, there are a lot of them. So I think, I think it's got a pretty big, uh, uh, reading base, or, you know, user base, whatever it is you call it. But it's, yeah, every, it's like covers and what the drinks are like and if, if, if the, if the girls are, I don't know, pockmarked or whatever. So it's just, but I, I didn't know, because I haven't gone to a strip club as a customer for years and years. I mean, probably, Almost 15 years. No, no, no. We've been before that. Well, we went. We have done one or two station things uh, that were like if we had a client, uh, you know, that was a gentleman's club or something. We've done that. And again, I'm not passing judgment. It's just I, it, I just, you know, I kind of went through a phase where I did that when I was, you know, younger, when I was like 18, 19, 20, 21, and then I just kind of moved on. And it's just not a thing I do. But, um, it, it, but, but I guess there is. I mean, I sort of thought there was a one-size-fits-all rule about uh, about what the girls could do and couldn't do. Like I thought, and I am asking a whole room full of people. None of us here will know the answer to any of these things, and I guess it doesn't really matter. But I thought the girls couldn't touch you at all. I thought that was the deal. I thought that because they served alcohol at most strip clubs here, um, that the girls there just could be no contact, no touching, no no touching, no whatever. I think they can't. Don't they give lap dances and stuff though? I yeah, mean, but, I think they can. Maybe. It doesn't really matter. So I guess it's all academic. So go to Salem just so you can hear them talk about breasts and lap dancing. That'll be. You should do that just so you can see the awkwardness on the face of the city council as they have to talk about, you know, buttocks and so forth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick Emerson, I can't believe that you, pontificator on all things pop culture, are using, you know, what, Windows Windows 64? What? Windows, <laughs> I'm Windows VIX 20. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm just, I'm at home running my Amiga. <laughs> There's your pop culture, friend. How can you, how can you possibly hope to keep up with all things uh, Portland and beyond? On, um, I mean, do you have to turn that thing on and let it warm up for 15 minutes? No, I don't. No, I, look. <laughs> to to be fair, uh, to be fair, as I've said before, the the mark. I think uh, somebody said. I saw this thing one time that said uh, it was like how to tell you know how to tell if you're a real nerd. It was one of those tests, like how big of a nerd are you, or whatever. And they had the same question about George Lucas and Bill Gates, and it was it was uh, you know if you if you know and can explain why Bill Gates and George Lucas are both God and the devil simultaneously. <laughs> and I will say that as much as we complain about Bill Gates, much as I complain about Bill Gates and whatever that can you know that. Windows 2000 has worked. I haven't had to update it. It's run almost everything. But I have I have sort of gotten to the end of the line with it, I think, where now more and more programs that I try to load, I just get that weird fault window that comes up that, you know, I'm we can't even go to the store. Quit being such a cheap ass. It's so, just an icon of a, a little icon of a man crying. It's, it's, an icon of, it's an icon of Bill Gates waggling his finger at me sternly. So I, I just wanted to ask Mr. Riley. Uh, he's had the same Apple machine for five years. I'm assuming it's not a laptop. It's a it's a desktop machine. G4. Oh, it's a G4. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's still working. I've gone through two laptops, two different incarnations, and they just seem to oh I don't know two or three years just a puff of smoke and it's gone. You know. Um, so it's better to go with a desktop or a la- uh, excuse me, yeah, desktop machine I assume. 
Well, it's it's been well, it's been my experience. Yes, having a problem with it. I have this uh, Windows uh, laptop. <laughs> yes, that uh, I'm not going to get into it, but it's uh, giving me but nothing have... but tears over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have like an old uh, 84? No, not, no, I have something. Windows uh, 94, 96, whatever it was. I don't remember what. No, actually, I have XP. Oh, I, I have XP. Right. Thank you. On this Thank laptop. You. We're done with this phone call, sir. Thank you so much. Because you know, $42 for a plug that goes into a wall. What the, it's electricity. How much How much should a wire cost if you plug into a wall? Electricity was invented over 100 years. Uh, this email says, uh, Rick. Don't even worry about it. Your computer is incapable of running Vista anyway. If you've been running Windows 2000 uh, for so long, Vista is going to be so much of a resource hog, you are screwed. You should just buy a new machine, pull your hard drive, and stick it in the new machine. New computers are cheap as dirt. All right, so, so I can't even install Windows Vista, probably on the machine I've got now. That's wonderful. All right, uh, let's see if we got this. Hey, Rick, we're se- oh, this is from Aaron and Jen. Uh, we're severing ties to Bill Gates and Windows with the purchase of another iMac in the coming weeks. Would you like our old PC? It runs Windows XP. Of course, it takes 15 minutes to boot, has various third-party firewalls, and tends to crash if you try to run anything more complicated than WordPad. But, you know, it's yours if you want it. If not, it's a paperweight. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, what is- Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I've been through what you're going through a couple of times in the past. And more recently, that email kind of summed it up. Uh, yeah, you just go get yourself an external hard drive with a USB, and you can take all those goodies on your per current machine and uh, back them up on another hard drive. Yeah, it just seems like if they're going to, I mean, how much is, it is how out of touch I am. It's how long it's been since I've upgraded my operating system. How long does, uh, how much does it cost to go to the store and buy Windows Vista off the shelf? Well, that was the coolest part. It was relatively inexpensive. I got a... It's a little plastic box, and, and my motherboard went south, so I ended up using my own hard drive. But it was fifty bucks. No, but I mean, but for the actual operating oh, system. Oh, 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 that's going to get pricey. That's yeah. that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about like, you know, I can always dump all my crap onto a DVD or whatever. But if I'm going to, but how much does it cost? How much does it cost to buy Windows Vista? Geez, just from the just from what it takes to get like off Word Office and all that. That's like three hundred bucks. Ah, so. That's wonderful. Fantastic. But uh, also, your Gene Simmons is coming along nicely. I'm sorry? Your impression of Gene Simmons is coming along nicely. Oh, well. Uh, you mean, do you mean the fact that I'm lamenting uh, spending money on anything? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye now. That was a little evil laugh at the end. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. Well, all right. Uh, Bill Clinton says uh, he and Hillary are against torture. That's a brave stance. We're for children and puppies and rainbows. It's almost always counterproductive. If you beat somebody up, they'll tell you what they want to hear. Uh, two is it, it really hurts us in the rest of the world and helps to recruit other terrorists. And thirdly, it makes our own people vulnerable to torture. Is this what kind of a country we're now living in that someone actually has to come out and say that they're opposed to torture? I yes. mean, really? Well, most of the country is for it. Uh, that is true. I wonder if Scotty J is for torture. Wait, let's find out, shall we? Hold on. Let's. Uh... Scotty J, will you please come to the studio? Now, welcome to the. Uh... Now, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. Our intrepid PA, direct from his hobble down the hall, the one and only Scotty J. Why, hello, Scotty J, and how are you on this fine Monday? Well, good morning, Mount Angel. Hi, how are you? Super. Is that your secret nickname for Rick? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do when Angel's really hot. Hey, so, what do you think about torture? Love it. <laughs> Excellent. I... I could have well, known that torture that is as torture does, Rick. I don't know what that means. 
right. I shocked myself there. All right. Um, hey, had you ever uh, did you ever catch the magazine thieves? Hey, somebody wanted to know because the magazine, uh, the purloiners of personal data, came to uh, Tim Riley's house over the weekend. They attempted to sell him uh, magazines. He sent them packing. Right, but see, my little uh, boy is out doing the same thing, and he, it sounds to me like uh, Tim may have made your child cry. Yes. Okay. So, but but did you no. ever call the cops about the guy who swindled you? No, because we just canceled our check. The bank didn't even charge us a canceled check fee, which is normally like twelve bucks or something like that. So he could be out there right now, roaming the streets, victimizing others. He could be, but then and then you start second guessing yourself and thinking, you know, gosh, was he really a swindler or was it just some other? See, this is fun? why this is why all the thieves <laughs> are going to go back to your house again because it's just it's only taking two days for you to convince yourself that maybe you weren't swindled. That maybe he was legitimate after all. And now do you feel bad for canceling the check because those magazine subscriptions are coming any day now? No, you're not going to... Now you're not going to well, be able to help you the know children. You know what's really weird is uh, if it was legit, it seems to me that the kids could get your signature. Yes, I'm ordering the... Well, see, there's a lot of... Yes, it's a very nuanced issue. It's hard because, number one, they can get a signature and then turn them in, and then the magazine can bill you. However, how does the magazine know you're not making up all these names? So it's just a catch-22 here at the Rick Emerson Show today. How you doing? Please, please to define a catch-22. Uh, I don't know. Where you? It's like a boomerang thing, right? <laughs> you throw it, it comes back at you, all directions. Catch-22. Try, try again. Uh, it's a poker game you can play, and if you go above 22, you lose. When you describe something as being a catch-22, catch what, what, what do you mean? Well, you, you get it from both ends, basically. You can't win this way, and you can't win that way. Catch-22. That's blowing a point oh eight. No, I, <laughs> I was going to say, it's not what I was going to say. Um, all right, well, there you go. Please dispel before you go, legitimate. L-E-G. A-T. No. Thank you. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Scotty J. Back with more of Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Everson Radio Program. Oh, there's, it's, he's a dead ringer. It's kind of creepy, actually. A little email from Aaron Yeek in the city talking about his Mac laptop. His little workhorse is almost four years old. All they ever did was add some more memory and an airport card. All hail Apple. Aaron Geek in the city. Thanks for the lift. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate that. All right. Now, somebody's... I've gotten multiple emails here telling me that not even to bother uh, with Vista just to install XP instead, because that will... To be fair, some of the applications that will no longer run on my machine would run if I ran XP, but since... I don't mean for this to devolve into, like, the Kim Commando show or whatever, but I mean... But if Vista is now the operating system of choice, if that's the new thing, like you can't even buy XP anymore, can you? I mean, is that I'm, I'm asking a whole room Oh, I'm room sure there's some wouldn't... used computer store that might sell it to you at a cut rate. Could you recommend anyone? Not offhand, no. Here's here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Why did somebody just send me? This wheelchair pinned on the grill of a semi-trailer that we did like four months ago. Really? <laughs> like it's brand new today. It's breaking news, the, it, Jim. The date is June 8th. Then maybe it's not going to tell us about those whistly things on the cars again. Yeah, seriously. Can he, yeah, June dig up, 8th. They have some other things that are multiple months old. Thank well, you. Well, thanks for that. Thanks. As Donna Mike say, if you see news happening, wait six months, then don't send it, please. Thanks. Rick. 
You're speaking of the bearded woman. You know, there are two women who walk around on Broadway with beards all the time. I wonder if they've ever met. Have they, uh, do they have a running bet of some kind? Are they trying to see who can grow their beard to be the longest? It was just a whole weird disconcerting, because you want to ask her about it. You want to say, like, why the beard then? You know, I mean, just to see what her explanation would be. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Uh, not only did Bill Clinton speak over the weekend, his uh, wife had a few words at some uh, social... Some tea. Yeah, somewhere. The era of cowboy diplomacy is over! Oh, listen to that voice. Jesus. And the Brits had to put up with Margaret Thatcher. Oh, yeah. Here's Ma America's answer right there. Mar Margaret Thatcher, who... Margaret Thatcher, who you know just has a huge pair of testicles underneath that dress. Oh. Underneath those pantsuits she wore. Um, Scotty is just typing the screen. Ooh, I hate her so much. Sort of a oh. visceral dislike. Oh, but you know what, Scotty? Hillary no longer has the, uh, the the monopoly on killing people. I hear Tom Cruise had somebody killed over the weekend. That's Tim Riley who made that satirical observation, by the way. Tim Tom Cruise didn't have somebody killed. Oh, that's that guy. That yeah. guy who was critical of him. So that, he's taking a, uh, something out of Hillary's playbook there, Scotty. His type. Excellent. Well done. Wait, what happened? <laughs> Congratulations, Tom Cruise. Um, there was... This is was all, there an incident? This is satiric, by the way, for purposes of comedy. Yes. Um, this is a program this of is, entertainment. This is a comedy of, uh, uh, so we... of amusement, mm -hmm. of whimsy. <laughs> or so we like to tell ourselves. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, what was the hell? What, what, was these, what was my point here? Um, Tom Cruise, there was some guy years ago, a couple years back, that was investigating Tom Cruise or trying to dig up dirt on Tom Cruise or whatever. And some, he was some guy, he was an investigative thorn in Tom Cruise's side. They just found him dead in a hotel room or something over the weekend. I'm I'm sure that Tom doesn't know anything about it, though. I'm sure Tom it's the man it. charged in the Tom Cruise extortion plot, yeah. found dead. Sure, it's a coincidence. Sure, he's... Uh, they'll pro I'm sure we'll see evidence in the next... Uh, you know, in the next couple of days that the guy was uh, drinking or had some sort of problem with depression that no one really ever heard about, so... Anyway, so there you go. So I, Tom's hands are squeaky clean, though. In no way is he connected with that. Uh, John McCain says his uh, campaign is doing well. They've been run on campaignings in the town hall meetings that we're doing here in New Hampshire and Iowa and South Carolina, and I'm very pleased at the, at the way things are going, and that's why I think we have every good chance of succeeding. <laughs> Do you think he even believes that? Is he? I mean... Because you can lose your perspective, I think, if you're in power for that long. I wonder if in his head those words ring just as hollow as they do out loud, or if he really honestly From the Senator it. Craig School of Reality. Exactly. I mean, he's not even... I mean, the town hall... Like, they'll even let him in that he's in the town well at this point. He's just hiding inside a cupboard, speaking... For, we're meeting in a dumbwaiter tonight. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello? Hello. Oh, it's me. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Hey, uh, I'm going to say, I'm a uh, PC technician. <laughs> that sounds awesome, huh? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I might be able you to get all the babes. Yeah, I do, don't I? No, I have my own website. I sounds very I won't, PC. I won't say, but uh, if you want, I can hook you up. Uh, you well, get my stuff off the air, that's all good. It would be, uh, it, and I'm sure that CBS's uh, legal department would agree when I say it would be wrong for me to... Uh, to accept any special treatment or favors or oh, anything no, I'm that has... Oh, I'm going to charge you. Listen to that. I'm going to charge the hell out of you. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Um, drop me an email with your contact. Uh, just drop me an email, rick at rickemerson.com, and uh, perhaps we can uh, do some kind of business, sir. Oh, hey, one other thing. Yes, sir. I, I looked up your guys' website for the first time, and I was actually surprised because I was expecting you guys to... How do I say this nicely? Which... which Tom the, Likus. Which... Hold on. <laughs> which website? The station website? Ooh, I Googled your name. It was your, I think it was rickemerson.com. 
Yes, and so you did that, and so how did that turn out for you? Well, I expected you guys to be like, you know, well, how does Scotty put it before having a face for radio? You guys actually look normal. Well, I'm sorry. It sounds like you're people. really like you're disappointed. Like, did you you're, expect you're me to of disc jockeys? I was going to say, do you, you think we were all going to be like I was going to be missing an eye and Sarah yes. was a leper and yes, and like maybe part of like your your thigh hanging off the chair and obesely overweight with like crumbs stuck on your gut or something. Well, I'm working on it. I mean, I'm really I'm not quite there. I'm sorry to disappoint by being relatively normal looking, sir. Uh, yes. All right. Bye now. Bye. News around the neck came from a tree. I. It's not too soon. We'll talk about the noose in the tree in a second. Um, the I don't know how to feel about that call. I mean, I guess it was a compliment. Cause he was saying that's always that so weird. Because, yeah, we just go do our jobs like everybody else. Doesn't mean we have to be deformed. I mean, really. I mean, I, it, I guess working in radio isn't really typically an indication that you're stunningly handsome. But by the same token, it's not... I, that is a thing that radio people, though, have, that they have only themselves to blame for that over the years. Because radio people, two things. All the face for radio. Radio guys. people, they use that stupid, well, yeah. I got a face for radio. <laughs> I mean, which is, so radio people have, have, more than anybody, have used that phrase over the years. And secondly. Well, they, they stuff their faces with things from convenience stores. They need a board for six hours. I was just going to say that. And also, radio people have them. And again, I'm not trying to say they're the best looking guy on the planet or anything. But I think that. I'm more or less just some guy, but the the thing about radio people is is that some radio people over the years have just because for a long time radio people were never as Harry Chapin would say the the late night something DJ that's heard but never seen radio people would just especially before the internet figure well nobody's ever going to see me I might as well eat pork rinds for six hours a day and they would just never bathe never shave never shower never wash eat badly and just wear clothing like wear shirts with holes in the armpit and then you know and then and there are plenty of them. There's still plenty it's of them now, type, but yeah. no, but, and there was once upon a time when all DJs did that, and then some listener would come by to pick up a prize or to get a CD or something, and then they would see this hideous, vomitous landmass of a DJ, and then they would assume that all radio people were hideous. And so, uh, you know, I don't know, I, I can't speak for myself, I'm probably middle of the bell curve somewhere, but it is, radio people have contributed uh, to that image by really just being uh, just hideous, uh, fur-covered, disgusting land masses for a long time. It really is true. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about uh, Jenna Bush. She's always on everyone's mind. Uh, she has written a book about youthful power and strength. It's called Anna's Story, A Journey of Hope. Anna learned to forgive and, and accept her life as, as what, what it is. She sees her life as the way God made it for her. And she never, she never complains. Um, she dances. Okay, I, I'm so confused. Who is that? Jenna Bush. Why doesn't she have an accent? Aren't they Texan? No, they're from New England. Well, Bush is from New England. He pretends to be a Texan, but I thought she actually grew up in Texas. Oh, she may have. And Maybe why is she writing about Anna Nicole Smith or whoever? No, no. Who is Anna? Anna is a teenager in Jamaica. What? <laughs> why is Jenna Bush writing about a teenager in Jamaica named Anna? Who, despite having HIV, focuses on what's possible. Don't ask me. Somebody, I'm so confused. Somebody ghost wrote this thing and put it in your mind. What do you think? Why are you Shoved thinking it for, doing it? Here's a book you've written. Now read, read the cue card. Okay. Um... Well, all right. There you go. Jenna Bush. She's the... Uh, He's writing about Anna, a teenager in Jamaica. She's the... She's the, uh, she's the sort of chunky one, right? She's the, she's the chunky daughter. She's the one that we thought, everyone thought was pregnant. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's the one who uh, she's the one who looks a lot like adult film star Brandy Taylor. So don't ask me what this is going to do for the family at this point. N- nothing. I no, the really the best thing and uh, that voice coming out of her. First of all, that's at least Barbara Red. I was going to say that's at least a smoker's voice, mm-hmm. and perhaps the voice of many other things as well. Yeah. That's the voice. My opinion. That's the voice of a girl who uh, has smoked and consumed. She has uh, she has drunk and smoked all that life had to offer and more. So, all right, do we have more sound from Jenna Bush? Uh, she, yes, we do. Uh, Jenna says there are many ways to serve your country, and one way is through teaching. I think there are many ways to serve your country, and I hope, I think my talents and, and what's most appropriate for me to do is to teach or to work in UNICEF and represent our country in, in Latin America. Okay, it just It's painful to even listen to her voice because it's it, clearly her throat is all messed up from uh, something or other. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, apropos of nothing, this little tip from me to any uh, hot chick out there who's thinking of becoming a suicide girl. Your name? Jenna Side. Oh, I love that. There you go. Jenna Side. That somebody has to already be that. Either that a roller derby girl or... Really? You think so? All right. Well, I'm just saying, if it's not already taken, I found out that that tequila sunrise, or no tequila sunrise, tequila mockingbird drink that we thought we'd come up with. The tequila mockingbird already existed. So that's my next my next step. Jenna, side. Yep, there are tons of them. Really? Yep. God Come damn it. it. That's all the good ideas are taken. If I could go back and be born a hundred years ago, this would I'd sound a lot I'd sound a lot more clever than I really am. Uh hello, hi Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hey Rick. What's up? Uh you can pick up XP at uh several places around town. It's still uh supported operating system so like and i'm not asking you to plug any particular store but for example like a fred meyer or something i believe you can still buy it at freddy's you can buy it at best buy you know right. you can buy it it's uh uh now have, have you have you upgraded in your life have you done an upgrade from windows 2000 to windows xp yes i have uh, am i going to have to back everything up is it going to overwrite that anyway i but just but in your experience am i going to have to use those backup files what are the odds it's just going to wipe everything Oh, about fifty-fifty. Depends on <laughs> depends on uh, whether or not you read the instructions first. No, I never do that. I, you know what? You know the three best words in the computer world are quick start guide. All right. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> he just holds me in contempt. Listen no, to that. No, 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 no. I've done it and it works just fine. I was on uh, two thousand for three years, and uh-huh. then I went to XP and it was faultless. But uh, this is a nightmare trying to get compatibility. <laughs> with the different drivers and stuff. Oh, that's great. Tim doesn't even know what a driver is. All right. Thank you, sir. There you go. That's what I'd like to hear. It's a nightmare of compatibility, Rick. And plus, I'm really not asking you to call in and answer this question because the answer is going to involve 00111000011111, you know, in Pascal or something. So I'm not – please don't call about this. But it does seem like computer technology is, by its very definition, a binary function, you know? It, something either either works or it does not. I don't, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I know I can feel in my bones that he is correct, but I don't understand why. The idea when I say, "Hey, what are the odds that this is going to backfire and destroy all my data?" and he says, and I'm quoting now that call, about fifty-fifty. Well, what the the f is that about? Fifty-fifty. I mean, what, how is that even? All right. Sorry. I'm going to stop. That's the last. I'm not going to take any more Windows calls because it's just going to make me irate. Uh, by the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland. Do, uh, Sarah, do we want to talk about, as we're in the news hour here, yeah. we'll just roll through with this. Oh, yes, yes. Because we, have no, we have, don't have anybody coming up at 110. So here's what we'll do. We'll continue with the news, mm-hmm. um, and then I will show you guys. Uh, listen to this. And by you guys, I mean you, 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 Tim, you, Sarah, me, John, Big Tree. I will show you guys something horrible. Oh, right. oh great. I do want to see something like that. <laughs> 
Okay. It's right here on the underside of my tongue. No, I'm, oh. I'm, kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally Rick, kidding. Don't even say things no, it's like over that. No, oh. it's over here on the floor. Um, so I will show you guys something horrible here. Just a. Uh... It was great to see the expression on your faces there. <laughs> oh. It's covered in hair. No, I. Uh, wrong. We'll do the news, and then I have this. Everything's I, wrong. There's a thing sitting on the floor over here that I'm going to gauge. I'm just going to get not your. That's sounding any more promising. No, it's well, it's not covered in hair. Well, it kind of is. Well, but there's a thing on the floor here that I want to get your unfiltered un un. Is the is the, the un uh, whatever the unscripted reaction to. So I'll do that here in a. Okay. Or, okay. Before we do anything else. Now, what we're about to tell you is uh, true. Well, maybe. It's true that we read it somewhere. Yeah, who knows? Maybe this person's just... Let me just back up here. Mm -hmm. About a year ago, there was what was sort of awkwardly titled The Best Day Ever. Uh, And that day, I don't even remember now all the things that happened on that day. Brittany went to rehab, I think. And something else happened on that day. Remember the busiest, busiest, craziest day ever? Okay, Brittany got a divorce... And then a bunch of other things happened. Then there was like a oh, huge... Oh, there was a huge milk truck that overturned on the highway. And then the capper to what we at the time called the best, craziest, worst, busiest day show ever was that somebody had tossed themselves off the Paramount Hotel in downtown Portland. Uh, and, of course, the news media, they make it a practice not to discuss uh, suicides. Uh, we, have, of course, have no journalistic standards uh, whatsoever. And, I mean, let's be honest. Somebody tossing themselves off a hotel and landing all over downtown Portland is interesting. Totally. There's just, just no, there's no way to I get mean, around that. I mean, are you supposed that. to pretend that it, it didn't happen? Especially as listeners are calling me to go, hey, I'm stepping over a guy's leg on the way to Starbucks, uh, which a guy actually, we have a listener who I will not identify, who emailed me and he's like, hey, my office is across the street. I just saw a guy fall on the pavement right in front of my desk. Um, so it is interesting. You you may believe that we dwell too much on the darker side of life, but hey, that's us. What are you going to wear the... Where the um... Always look on the darker side of life. <laughs> <laughs> that's Tim Riley, the Edward Gorey of the Rick Emerson Show. A is for Alice, who jumped off the roof. Um, and that was the same day that we were going to go out and see that uh, that movie that was a big flop. Was it? Oh, and that was Joshua Jackson Day. No, it was the day Wasn't before it? Joshua Jackson The day Jackson before day. Joshua Jackson. Well, they had time to clean things up. All right, so as a... Um, yeah, as... we went and saw the movie later that night. In preparation for Mr. Jackson's visit, I do need to have all of the intestines uh, power washed off the sidewalk. All right, so, so that is something that happened last year. We talked about somebody who had tossed themselves off the Paramount Hotel. Now, that being said... We do not know that what we're about to say is true. This is a report. We have not heard confirmation of this from anybody. So that is the caveat, the disclaimer at the beginning. We do not have confirmation of this. This is merely something that's been reported. Um, so, so I guess it's not in Portland proper. It's somewhere in Oregon. So do you want to? So do you? It's not in Portland. Do you know where it is? I don't know because this person doesn't say where they live. It just says um, somewhere, and it's like somewhere in Portland or in Oregon. Okay, so why don't you paraphrase this? Why don't you not so read it looking, directly? I was looking at somebody's MySpace page, and somebody left a comment saying that they were driving to work today, and were driving down the street, and they saw someone, a woman hanging by a rope from a tree. So they, now, is this somebody you know? This is somebody, this is the person whose comment is on is a person I know. I don't know the person who posted that they saw the person. So we're, okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a friend once removed. I'm pretty sure that it is in Portland. All right. And so, or in Beaverton. And so, this person claims, is that a posting from today? Yeah, today, this morning. So this is a posting from this morning again, which we have no way to verify the truth of this at the moment, and especially because it's very frustrating because the the news media won't, the mainstream, the liberal media won't report these hangings. Um, so the, the, the claim is... How unnerving is, would that be? Well, hi, imagine that you're on the highway and you're seeing the blow a point oh eight uh, billboard and you're doing whatever, and then you look over and. 
Hanging terrifies me. Oh. S is for Sarah, who hung from a tree. Okay, Rick. Um, the, uh, you know, that book is like 45 years old. Um, yeah, I'm sensing a pattern. Have you, you've read that, haven't you? I don't know. The Gashley Crumb Tinies. It's a book by, um, Edward Gorey, who was a cartoonist in yes, the early 20th century. Yes, And I have. it is an A through Z of children who died from horrible things. Yeah, V is for Victor, devoured by mice. Um, anyway, so, uh, moving on. So apparently this woman was on her way to work this morning, and so she claims, um, looked out uh, the window of the car and said, hey, there's somebody hanging from a tree. Hey, Starbucks, two for one. So they, now, can you message the person, um, and ask them and just say, hey, look, I work in a radio show. We won't use your name. Can you can you give me a little info? Okay, I will. I mean, that's not weird. Sarah was afraid that it looked stalky, but, I mean, it's a thing that's posted on the Internet for the whole world to read. It's just reading. That's true. You don't really leave a comment on somebody's page. Yeah, it's not like it's a private thing. So you should message the person and just say, hey, I work in a radio show. We'll keep your info private, but can you can you tell me a little bit more about this? Okay. I that is just, I mean, that is fascinating. All right. Uh, let's see. What have we got here? More hate mail okay, about the... in Hillsborough. It, really? Mm-hmm. What street was that? I know he didn't write back, but they, I have a friend who knows who that who is. Who knows the person. That, yeah, that he lives in Hill. So the report is, and again, this is only a report. We don't know that this is true. But we do take great joy and pleasure in reporting these things at the earliest stages when there's still rumor and unsubstantiated gossip and ill-informed speculation. The rumor is that someone uh, in the listening, or not in the listening, but someone in Hillsboro who drove, was driving to work this morning and drove past a tree from which was hanging somebody. I don't even know if that statement is, is grammatically correct. It is, uh, it is Rocktober, though, so it, <laughs> it, is, is. it is the month for hangings. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. What's up, Rick? What's up? Hey, I, I'm down here in Albany. I'm a truck driver. I drive for a living. I'm listening to 970. Some other station is bleeding in, 990 a.m. Okay. And uh, I hear something bleed in about Britney Spears, so I click over and uh, lo and behold, Britney Spears lost custody of both of her kids. Oh, my God. No. You know what? <laughs> First, we've got a suicide. Then we've got more Britney Okay. News. Hey, by the way, somebody has said it is October. Yep. Are you sure it's not a Halloween thing? Okay. Uh, let's Britney hold news. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right. Uh, so let's do this. Let's go to Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth with today's Breaking Britney news. news. The story is developing. Britney Spears has lost physical custody of her children. L.A. County Superior Court Judge Scott Gordon issued that order today stating that Kevin Federline, the boy's father, is to retain oh. physical custody oh. of a minor children on October 3rd, October 3rd, at 12 p.m. until further notice of the court. Once again, Britney Spears has lost physical custody of her beloved children. God this story damn. is developing. Oh Ooh, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> Me too. We're so lame. God, I feel retarded. that hair on my neck standing up. <laughs> I don't even vote. <laughs> I mean, oh, the, can you imagine... changed. Can you imagine... No, I can't. ...a judge saying, you, Kevin Federline, you seem like the more responsible parent. I mean, I, I remember back... Last year, actually, on that day, uh, and by the way, just as a side note, a couple people have asked, well, it is October. Do we know that it was not a Halloween decoration of some kind? It probably is. Could be. Fair Britney point. Spears lost custody for kids. I'm going to choose to yep. believe that it's not, by the way. Um, so, but last year, I remember when this whole, it, that's so weird that we were just talking about the day that her divorce became final, and we had said that there's no conceivable way that Kevin Federline could ever and I think we actually, I, I, I think I joked, I said that Brittany could actually kick one of her kids off a bridge somewhere. He's the Robert Young of the New Millennium. <laughs> Good reference. And that they, would, that they would still never, ever, ever 
give child custody to Kevin Federline. If first of all, because and I'm not trying to start a thing, but first of all, because child custody almost never goes to the to the, to the father ever. I mean that, and that's just a, that is a statistical fact. And I'm sure that Tom Likas may or may not have more to say this afternoon about this. And about I have more gender here. dynamics here. Okay, this, so, so apparently, KFED's plan has worked. Mark Vincent Kaplan, Federal Line's attorney, paid a visit to L.A. Superior Court this morning to discuss Britney Spears driving illegally without a valid driver's license while her children were in the car, and they were with her this past weekend. As a result, an L.A. judge today took away Spears' custody rights and ordered her to turn over her boys to Federline by Wednesday. Oh. Oh. Now, oh. the ruling says, here's the entire ruling. A lot of legalese here, so pay careful attention every word. The ruling says, quote, Respondent's oral motion pursuant to Section 214FC is granted and the matter proceeds as a closed hearing. The court and all parties present confer on the record that the court makes its order as fully reflected in the notes of the official court order. The court's prior ordering, including the orders made on September 28, 2007, to remain to retain physical custody of the minor children on Wednesday, October 3rd, or October 3rd at 12 p.m. until further order by the court. So it's an indefinite. So he has yeah. indefinite custody so of the kids. He's got to turn over. Oh my gosh! You should see the picture of her now. hair rollers. And... Hold on, let me see. Oh boy, mommy's gonna watch her stories. Oh, man. Oh, boy. She's country, isn't she? She, she was country when country wasn't cool, Tim. <laughs> Jesus. Can you, I mean, and here's the thing. So, in case you just joined us, Brittany has just lost custody of her kids. Wait, hold on, let me just, uh... So, this CBS Net Alert, Brittany has lost custody of her kids. They must be turned over to Kevin Federline. By October 3rd. Boy, this really, she is just the gift that continues to give day in, day out. And, and you know what? It, we've said this now See, I told 50 you, times. Be dead in less than six I told you I have the three-month pool. We, Remember. It's true. Darn it. Three, six, and nine. Mm. As of last Friday. We have said this repeatedly, and I'm going to quit saying it because it just continues to be to be more inaccurate every time I utter this phrase. But I'm always saying, well, I think we've seen the last of Brittany for a while. I think she's, after this latest embarrassment, I'm sure she's going to roll a stone over her cave and not come out and, and then something like this happens. Okay, here's... I'm hyperventilating. i got to stop and get a hold of myself. Here. We're all sweating here and hair is standing on end. <laughs> I feel like Murrow during the Blitz. The, um... How sad is that? <laughs> well, this is our... Sarah, this is our... This is our... our blitz. This is our war, Sarah. The Britney War. This is the People's War. <laughs> um, the thing that makes this so astounding, I mean, apart from A, as I said, the fact that the mother, it takes a lot for a mom to lose custody of her kids in this country. It really does. And, and I don't want to start a big gender war thing about it, but I mean, the fact of the matter is courts just routinely give the mom custody. Um, you know, and that's just sort of the way it goes. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's just the way it is. But secondly, haven't we, didn't we have a story not too long ago that Kevin Federline had, quote, zero dollars and no assets? That he was somehow getting 20 grand a month, but it was all gone because he didn't have a job? And I mean, Britney Spears, we had that same, that same day, we found out that Britney Spears, what was the figure? It was something like $970,000 a month mm -hmm. she still makes on song royalties, merchandising, licensing, image rights, sync rights, uh, um, you know, the movie residuals. Um, that's somebody's computers. 
I was just giving the theme for Father Knows Best. Oh, excellent. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the Britney Spears makes almost a million dollars a month, and Kevin Federline has nothing. And yet the courts still get... Imagine the, the legal resources that $970,000 a month will get you. I mean, Brittany makes a million dollars a month. Imagine the legal team that it will hire well, you. Well, she fi- she's fired everyone close to her. She's completely irresponsible. That's true. Oh. Kevin knows best. How Jesus. far they fall? I mean, what a... Uh, you know, and I will say this about K-Fed. God, I've just found myself saying all kinds of things I never thought I would today. I'll this say, is your life. I'll say this about Kevin Federline. Um, he or whoever is in charge of him, it's very tempting to think uh, that he doesn't make any of his own decisions. It's tempting to think that he's just an idiot. And who knows? Maybe he is. I don't, I don't pretend to know. Um, but either he or the people around him, they have very cleverly chosen to just keep him out of the limelight. Mm-hmm. He's not rapping. He's not touring. I mean, you know, make whatever jokes you want. I'm sure that guy's selling records somewhere. He could probably get others. He's one of those guys that you know is probably selling a lot of records in Wales or something. You know, he could go over and, and, and play, you know, play in, in Tokyo. He's not touring. He's not rapping. He's not acting. He's not doing. I mean, he doesn't have a job apparently. But I mean, he's just staying completely and totally. He's not being photographed at parties. He's not getting in fights. He's not getting arrested for anything. And so there is in um, that book, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. One of the rules of the art of war, according to Sun Tzu, which every guy who grew up in the 80s and watched uh, Michael Douglas as Gordon Gecko in Wall Street must quote. It's like a rule. One of the rules of the art of war is that when one's enemy is destroying themselves, you do nothing. And that's one of that's one of Sun Tzu's teachings. Is like if your enemy is busy destroying themselves, you just stand back. You don't do anything. And that Kevin Federline has clearly taken that to heart. And so Brittany has just every single day, it's like, what can I do to, to set fire to my career and just completely destroy it? And it, it, Kevin Federline just stepped back. He's like, well, I'll just, I'll just be over here while you're ruining your life. And so it's, you know, so it's had this result. All right. Tim, do we want to do this? Let's, uh, let's fill the people in one more time on this. Once again, in case you just joined us, Britney Spears has lost custody of her children. L.A. County Superior Court Judge Scott Gordon issued the order today stating that Kevin Federline is to retain custody of the children Wednesday at 12 p.m. until further order of the court. Once again, Brittany Spears has lost custody of her children. I can't see that enough. I mean, really, it's wow. just astounding. It's just a feel-good day. It re- I really Not am. For her. I really am starting to believe that you two are on the right track with the suicide thing. You bet. It's. It's. I don't know if it's going to be three, but it'll be less than six. I'm telling you that right now. It might be like a three and a half, five, something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an attempt like sometime this week. So, <laughs> we sound like, could we be more like vultures? Oh, could God, we, we be worse people? You know how the media is. Yes, I do, Tim. Damn that media. Stupid media. They've got to be stopped. Rick, um, not to get all Clyde Lewis or anything, but what in the world is up with October 1st? Last year, October 1st was the day that everything happened. Man commits public suicide in Portland. Brittany and Kevin divorce. That can't be true. No. That can't be true that it was last October 1st. Joshua Jackson Day wasn't so close to my birthday. I don't know. I don't even, I don't remember. But, I mean, we were still at coin. I actually, I actually don't know what day it was that Joshua Jackson visited us. Uh, so I don't know what the day before would have been, because the day before was the day when the guy jumped off the Paramount, and when Brittany and Kevin divorced, and the milk truck overturned, and whatever. He says, I'm going to barricade myself indoors until tomorrow, because I'm afraid about what else is going to happen. I am afraid. I am so very, very afraid. Fear not. 
<laughs> Fear not. I think maybe God is a. I think Brittany is taking the bulk of the Lord's punishment right now. I think most of most of the uh, the Almighty's uh, ire is focused on Brittany Spears. Jesus. Let's see. What else are we getting here? Uh, it's 503-733-2970, by the way. Uh, this guy says, Rick, please to be reviewing and reassess the bets placed on the Britney suicide timeline. I think we have gained a few months. Signed, hip, hip, hooray. No, it, was, um, it was like November 8th. Okay. So this is not, not this day, because no. that would just be weird. Yeah, that would be very weird. And did we ever get, um, did you ever hear back from the person who claimed they saw the woman hanging from a tree? Nope. All right. So I wonder if it is just a Halloween thing. It has to be. Because I think that we would have heard confirmation about that by now. Somebody else would have seen it. So it is kind of early for seems early for Halloween. It does things, seem pretty early for Halloween. Really, I'm the only one who hangs up Halloween things uh, this early, as I will be doing tonight. By the way, I so. have to go out and get my four pumpkins. Really? I put one on every step going up to my front door. Now, see, I can't do that because they'll be gone the next day. Mm-hmm. I can't in southeast. I can't. Yeah, I mean, I All my door. no. I mean, really, how lame is this? I Somebody mean, this, would come by and dust mine. This <laughs> put doilies underneath them. But we thought that you're. Uh, we thought you could use a duvet uh, with this. Uh, with this Jack Leonard. That's your neighborhood. Um, no, with me, this is both great and sad. I love Halloween unashamedly. Halloween and Christmas. Those are my two holidays. And so I decorate for Halloween. But really, 80% of my Halloween decorations can only be seen by me because they're inside the house. Um, there's a couple of. There's a couple uh, exceptions to that. I hang. Uh, I put. I have like this thing I bought at Illuminations, which is one of the best stores ever. People can think it's tacky. People can say it's trashy. Whatever. I love that store uh, when Halloween comes because I'm, you know, it's I'm a, I'm a Halloween enthusiast. Um, so I have this sort of wrought iron haunted house that lights up with candles that I can hang in the window of my house. And it's a, you look at my house and you can see this little miniature haunted mansion in the window, which is great. There's that. And then I have that what is it, that thing, that cast iron jack-o'-lantern that that guy made for us years ago? Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I put that on my roof uh, and where it's out of reach. No one can touch it. Uh, so I put that on my roof and I light it up at night. Um, but, man, I got... Oh, great. Now everyone can... It's like a beacon of where you live. Where does Rick Emerson live? Look for the big metal pump. You know what? I learned that everybody in my street knows anyway. Everybody everybody in my street... And it's not like it's a state. It's not like I'm the Pope. But I've learned that everybody on my street... Like, we went to a barbecue or something this summer and... I just, I, you know, because it came up in conversation, like, what do you do? And my wife says, well, he's, you know, and my husband's on the radio. And they were all like, oh, we know. We just, so I guess everybody sort of knew. Um, just as a side note, did I tell you this? Probably not. I, I may have told this story to somebody else the other day. I had the greatest moment with one of our listeners the other day. This is out front of my house, too, which is, you know, so there's another guy who just now knows where I live. Out front of my house, I was on the phone with um, Joni, with Joni DeRoshi, getting out of my car, you know, and I'm, Slamming the door, and I'm doing that thing of like wanting to be done with the call before I go inside because I lose reception sometimes if I go too deep into my house. And so I was like getting ready to wrap up the call. So I'm standing on the sidewalk with the cell phone, kind of wrapping it up. And as I'm talking on the phone, not talking about me, station business, anything, nothing that would have identified myself, a guy starts walking down the sidewalk, clearly on his way somewhere, and he passes by me. And you guys have had this happen to you probably. He stops and he gives me what I call the long stare. That happened to me downtown the other day. Really? Where he looks at you and he goes, and he's, like, trying to work it through in his head. Let me get this done. Oh, go ahead, Tim. No, no. He walks up. Points. Yeah, I got the point. I point. got the point. Yeah. And I knew what he was going to say next, but I kept walking. <laughs> Are you Chuck Knopf? Um, no, he's on OPB now. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've heard him on OPB during the weekend. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, yeah, so the guy gives me the long look, He and he kind of does the soft finger point at me, like he sort of taps the air at me, and he goes, Are you Rick Emerson? And he's, I seem like a normal guy. And I said, I said, yeah, you know, and I... And then did he say... 
best show ever? No, he didn't do that. No, I he did that later. I love it when people say that. They catch me off guard all the time. A DHL driver pulled over on the wrong side of the road to talk to me the really? other day. Right, right close to my I'm house. I'm sure they're happy to hear that. Yeah, he endangered thousands of civilian lives to talk to Tim Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you wouldn't do it for Tim, who for? But the guy looks at me, and he goes, hey, are you Rick Emerson? And, I, you know, I don't. There was a time years and years and years ago. But you used to brag about it. No, no, actually, no. There was a time um, when, for a lot of reasons, I just said, I would sometimes sort of say no. This is not really, this is a long, it's like a decade ago. When I would just kind of say no because, not not that everybody has to sit here and be my shrink, but there was a time when I, I used to sort of deny it sometimes because I didn't, because I always felt like it would be a big disappointment to people. Like, I felt like I would go, yes, I'm Rick Emerson, and they'd kind of go, oh, yeah. Okay, I was hoping you'd be taller and more interesting. Bye now. And so I used to deny it because I thought it would be disappointing. But now I've kind of, I'm kind of zen with the fact that, you know, whatever. I mean, I am what I am, as Popeye says. So the guy says, you're Rick Emerson. I said, yes, I, you know, I'm Rick Emerson. Nice to meet you. And he said the greatest thing. He goes, I want you. And he was sober. He said, I want you to know I'm not glorious yet. I'm just a bastard. But I'm really working on it. But anyway, love the show. And then he said, best show ever. Shakes my hand. Gives me the best show ever. And then start keeps keeps on walking. Now this is the great Southeast Portland moment, though. This is the capper to the whole thing. He gives me the glory. He references the glorious bastards. Says best show ever. Shakes my hand. Cool guy. You know, he's just on his way to somewhere. He walks down the street, and I'm back on the phone with Joni. And as he gets to the end of my street, how Southeast Portland is this? He turns and he goes, "Hey, I'm going to the plaid. Do you need anything?" Which is, and then I'm like, "No, I'm fine." He goes, "All right, dude," and like thumbs up, and then walks on. Which is like the greatest Portland moment ever. So it really is like the best audience. Honor that is hilarious. That you know, it's like. So, that doesn't happen to Lars. Um, all right, so it's one twenty-two. What the hell are we talking about? We're a break fine. Brittany. We were talking about Brittany, but there was some reason that Somebody I got... Oh, Halloween. Yeah, so I'm going to be decorating my house for Halloween this week. And then the day after Halloween, Christmas decorations go up. On November 1st, my Christmas decorations, and they stay there till February. So I am... You. Oh, I am unashamed. I mean, it doesn't even... It, people well, everybody can, loves Christmas. They can think I'm tacky, corny, trashy, doesn't matter. Halloween and Christmas are big events at my house, and so I... Man, every single thing you can buy... What is this? Well, it's a pot holder that looks like a bat. It doesn't matter. I've got all of it. I've got I've got the Halloween candles. I've got Halloween like things that go on the coffee table that are like big spiders with candles inside of them. I got like uh, you know I got like I don't even really eat candy. Candy dishes all over the house shaped like pumpkins. Why? You eat candy. I sometimes, but it's really just about the Halloween angle of it. Candy so. is good. All right. Says your this message brought to you by the American Dental Association. Let's do uh, one more if we've got any uh, news here, and then we'll take a break and we'll come back. Well, let's talk about some well-behaved musicians. Uh, Barry Manilow's newest album, The Greatest Hits of the 70s, is making its debut at number four. Really? On Billboard's album list. Greatest Hits of the what? 70s? 70, yes. He's just going to... I wonder if he'll do uh, Greatest Hits of the 80s. They are the brainchild of uh, Sony BMG chairman Clive Davis, and they perform very, very well. Every single one entered the I am nearly dead. Four. And uh, it's all his concept, and, you know, this guy is the greatest record man that we've ever had and since records began. He says that nowadays he lives a normal lifestyle, going to work and coming home each and every day. I just wanted my life back, so I'm, I do what you do at home. You know, you read, you uh, go to the movies, you uh, hang out with friends, and then about 5 o'clock I get on a plane and I come here and I hang out with my friends here and I go on the stage and then I fly back home. What's guess, wrong with Barry's voice? I think he's always sounded like that. Is, it, is that his speaking voice? Yeah. Is it typically like that? Mm-hmm. All right. I guess he goes home and feeds his beagle named Bagel. I was wondering if you were going to make the beagle bagel joke. Uh, I dig Barry Manilow. I'm unashamed about that. The but everybody I, does. I you know so he's done songs of the 50s, songs of the 60s. This is now. Do we know what's on songs of the 70s? 
No, I can look. Yeah, let's let's look right now in real time. Let's and see then we'll here. take a break here. I'm going to go to uh, uh, Google. Going there right now. Am- I hate it when I mistype stuff. Amazon.com. Uh, Barry Manilow. Is this a Barry Manilow searching 70s. contest that's happening? Yes. All right. Uh, bad songs of the 70s. Okay. Mellow go. Oh, he's doing mellow music of the 70s. Okay. okay this is of the 70s. His third volume. So what are some of the uh, what are some of the tunes that Barry covers on this uh, hits of the uh, 70s record? It's going very slow here. Anytime now. Oh my God! There's a fire in downtown Portland. Oh, good. Wait, are you kidding me? Hold on. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show on the best worst day ever. What's up? Hey, I just want to say that uh, if they did release the greatest hits of the '80s, it'd be on a single. Thank you. Oh, this is not calling about a fire. I wasn't even really listening to you, sir. So Scotty is saying, "All right, hold on. Before we break, let's." I'm sorry, my I I had the uh, sounder all low. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me. Good morning, Metolia. All right, uh, let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show our intrepid PA, Scotty J. Hello, Scotty. Well, hello, Where is there Rick? a fire burning? Apparently, kind of right out. Who called about this fire? Jeff McGinley. Really? Yeah. And he Jeff can... McGinley. Why we would, like, we would like specifically to thank Intercom Radio for listening to the Rick Emerson Show. I want you to listen to on an interview. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, seriously. I mean, it's not a secret. He used to work here. Now he I works at Intercom. I have Squid from 94.7 every We would day. like to thank everybody at every... And Mike Chase just called a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Oh, there's going to be a memo. There's going to be some angry scratching from Aaron circulating, from Aaron Huber circulating inside that company. Don't call into the Rick Emerson Show. Well, how did you know then? Were you listening too? That's the thing. <laughs> uh, all right, so Jeff McGinley, an intercom employee, just called to tell us what? The world's on fire. I don't know. Something's on fire outside our building to the right. Okay, for... you can't just casually throw the statement, something's on fire outside our building. <laughs> that's, that's yelling fire in a crowded building. And it ran into Susan Reynolds. This Reynolds. building is crowded because many, many people work here, not yeah. automation systems. Right. What, I, where I just is ran the into fire? Susan Reynolds. She was walking in, and she could smell the smoke, and I could smell it, and she was going to go look out her window to see if she could see it. It's apparently kind of, you know, south of our building. South is what? South, south is south toward, toward the Ross Island, yeah, toward exactly. like Arthur. Okay. And it's like right here. Is it, but I mean, is it in, is it, on, is it near a road? Is it in the It's near NATO road? Parkway. He just drove right by it, said there were tons of fire engine, tons of cops. It's one of those days. Yeah. It's one of those days. All right. Rocktober. So we'll check into that. It's just another breaking piece of the October, Rocktober first. Really, time. this is the best way to kick off October. Britney Spears news, maybe a hanging, a fire burning somewhere. Oh, the Barry Manilow album is all slow songs. I have them all here. Okay, can please now to list off the songs that Barry Manilow sings on his hits of the 70s. The Way We Were. Really? It Never Rains in Southern California. My Eyes Adored You. You've got a friend. That's a duet with Melissa Manchester. The Long and Winding Road. The Long you... and Winding Road. Yeah. How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Close to you. Don't go breaking my heart with Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, oh you are oh, kidding me. No. You are kidding me. That's what it says here. You are kidding me. No, it's, are like this is from Billboard. What? I don't know. But he sings with Rosie O'Donnell. That's got to be fake. That's got to be... That, that can't be real. It's from the Billboard uh, the Billboard website. First of all, that anybody would need to remake Don't Go Breaking My Heart. And secondly, that Rosie O'Donnell... That just doesn't make any sense. That's oh, got to be some Oh, it has stunt. to be a duet because it was Elton John and Kiki D. Well, so we had to well remember. Somebody. All right, well... Why Rosie O'Donnell? I don't know. Really, honestly. Okay. Uh, bridge Over Troubled Water. Sailing. Uh, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. Could it be magic? He ain't heavy. 
Ian Heavy, he's my brother, really? Oh, there's more. Acoustic songs. Oh, wait. Mandy. Wait, hold on. I've got one here. Mandy! Uh, I've Looks got like to... Looks it. Sarah, is my computer up over there? It is. Let's see if I can get this to play. I've got a little sample thing here. Yeah, we want to know what Rosie would sound like. Kind of oh, this doesn't want this doesn't want to play for some. I know reason. it's happened to me all day. That's what happens with the windows. I knew you were going to say that. You know why do I why do I even why do I give you these openings? All right. Um, well, we have to take a break. We're so behind. Uh, we take a break here. We come back. Brittany has lost custody of her children. She must turn them in Wednesday at noontime. There's Kevin Federline. There's a fire burning somewhere near the CBS uh, building. Somebody's hanging from a tree. Somebody may have hung themselves from a tree. And Storm hasn't even gotten here yet, so God only knows what the rest of the day holds. All right, here's David Allen Coe. We're back after this on the Rick Emerson Show. Don't miss a moment. She got It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Okay, this just in from Scotty J. The International School, which is east of NATO and almost across from the Boy Scout building, which is just south of us, is currently on fire. Oh, I'm laughing. Just, I'm tragic. That steps away from us. I'm just saying, the only reason I sort of half Where laughed is there is because we were joking that there was a fire right next to us. The International School. It's um the International School. Love. Uh, it's right by the Boy Scout building. It's right. It's like a hundred yards from us. The Boy Scout oh. building where they don't let you take that right. At least the sign tells you not to. Yeah. But we all do anyway. But we do it anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's a school. That's about a hundred yards from where we are. Apparently, it's ablaze. And I guess Paris Hilton cried on Letterman on Friday. Oh, and judge. Let's see. The judge has ordered Spears someone to go random drug testing and take parenting class. <laughs> take a parenting class. I think it's a little bit too old for that. I think it's a little bit too late. This just in. Let's go to uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. The CBS Net Alert, in case you missed it earlier, Britney Spears has lost custody of her children. She has been ordered by the L.A. County Superior Court Judge Scott Gordon to give them back to Kevin Federline by noontime Wednesday. So, oh, so when we're on the air. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Let's hope she holds out until the last moment. Let's hope she resists. So she chains herself to something. So I, am, I hope she doesn't do anything stupid like Michael Jackson and dangle them over a balcony or something. We were well. She's already been driving around. I think probably my opinion looked like she was about half drunk with the kids not belted in. Um, so people are now sending me submissions um, about how the story could be better. Please now to complete this phrase. This will be today's high concept topic. It is uh, an ad hoc high concept Monday. Today's high concept topic. Please now to complete this phrase. The only way the Britney Spears story could be better is. Blank. There you go. That is today's high-concept topic. We'll take those calls probably the duration of the show. Um, let's see. Rick, she's got to be in a suicide watch right now. Oh, you know that. Yeah, she yeah. probably is. Well, who can who can even get near her now? Because she's fired everybody around her. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This one says, uh, Rick, the only way the Britney Spears story could be better is if we found out K-Fed was not the father. That, uh, it's like, I don't think God loves us enough for any of these. The only way the Britney Spears story could be better, Rick, is if she was pregnant again. Well, we've heard rumors about that. I mean, it was sort of rumored that she was um, that she was actually a with child or with children's, as uh, George Bush would say. So, the Sarah is now convinced. Just in like the five minutes between when I mentioned it and now, Sarah is now convinced that Britney's going to let B is for Britney, who went on the lamb, that she that she's going to pile herself into an SUV and just run. The idea that she has to do the handover, like, while we're on the air on Wednesday is God's little gift to us, though. So, um... Well, we've been good. Oh, no, it's true. We have... This will be an early Christmas present for us if she resists 
I mean, I, I completely 100% think that she's on the run. I, or she's packing right now to get on the run. Uh, that she'll get on a private plane. She'll do the what uh, Jackson with, when he went to Bahrain or whatever. It'll just have to be shot down by the Air Force. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're going to have to take it. We're going to have to take out Brittany. They've given us the order. They've given us the kill sign. Go, I, go. I don't think it'll happen today. I think it'll happen tonight. In the dead of night. In, in, in the middle of the night. Brittany, where are you going? Nowhere? To get some ice cream? Get a slurpee? <laughs> but what would be great Shoving if she's kids into driving? The okay, because she has an expired license or something, so she's driving. <laughs> and then she tries to leave town, and then if she gets pulled over with her kids and a crazy look in her eyes, oh, my God. And then the police have to beat her with flashlights. Just take that mag light right to the back of her skull. Excellent. It's a great day to be alive. It really is, as uh, Travis Tritt once sang. That's fantastic. I, don't, I, I mean... Seems like seems like I'm just getting a lot of emails. Oh my God, Rick! Oh, I'm sorry. OMG! All my dreams are coming true. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? It, does TMZ have anything? Um, nothing new. Have nothing new about this. I'm monitoring it as we speak. Me right. too. I keep refreshing. Uh, we're so lame. We're all just sitting here. Such bad people. As Tim noted, you know, good good people are working in a cubicle somewhere, hoping for hoping to get a tiny raise. We're sitting here rooting for the downfall and arrest and beating of Britney Spears. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, nothing, but that's enough. Okay, here's another one. Breaking news. Now, is this the same building? Rick, breaking news. Apartment fire. An apartment burning on Southwest Carruthers near downtown Portland. Smoke visible for miles. Hmm. Where's Carruthers at? I don't know. Should I go take a walk outside or something? I, I don't know. It yeah. seems like I'll up. be back. I don't have a cell phone. Well, if you can see Scotty, the smoke for miles. Phone. Scotty, uh, hold on. Let's, let's get Scotty, Scotty here. Scotty, please to be. I'm sorry. This is. Jay. Well, we need I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, oh, on the Please let me. Good morning, Matolia. All right, Scotty, where is Carruthers? Do you know? Literally, like... Is two, that the building they're talking about? Yeah, and it's like two, three blocks that way. What is the international school? Is that the place where the CIA trains assassins? I don't know exactly. It's I, right I, by the Boy Scout building, though. Well, the Boy Scout building's here, and I think it's across the street and up. So is it a big fire? I mean, is it? It's not like a little. Uh... No, there's a bunch of fire trucks there, so it's right. more than a one one alarm. That's what for a, sure. What a what a day this has already become. All right. So, um, do you have your cell phone? I do. Could you um, uh, bring that in here? I could. It just doesn't. It, it just doesn't. You can't dial out or do anything with it other than. Text well, that's pretty useless then. In this building. I don't understand. Oh, no. How is it a cell phone? Though? Okay, it used to be uh, <laughs> a cell phone. Do you know what a phone means? Do you know what that it is? It seems like Scotty, oh, I don't know, maybe he's doing Here's something. the deal. It used to be singular, and then it moved over to AT&T. It's almost like they cut service. because. Does used, your phone work? It used to work here, no problem under singular. When they switched to AT&T, it stopped working in this building. It's bizarre. Well, what? he's not going to be. He'll be outside, though. Well, it'll work outside, yes. Well, that's what we want to do. We don't want to go look, we don't want to go look for fires inside the building. Tim, call for the production room. Okay, so yes, I can get that for Okay, you. get Tim's cell phone, and then we'll have Tim go out and take a look. Okay. This sounds terrific. The CBS Radio News Department is on the case. Tim, there might be a fire at the very top of the coin tower, too. You should go up there again. Oh, no. Something <laughs> might be burning that's thousands okay. of feet off the ground. I'm uh, going to go cover this live. All right. Won't you excuse me? We'll look for your... Uh, do you want to give Tim the warm line number? Yes. Sarah, because we're getting some calls on other things. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. That the extent of your okay. Thanks so much. Hi, Rick Emerson. Show hello. I was just curious if um, it is indeed the international school that's on fire. What is it that you yell as you run down the hallways? I mean, if there's like 14 different languages spoken there. Okay, that's. Thank you. I don't really. Thank you so much. 
Rick, the only way that Britney Stewart could get better is if she converts to Scientology and has Tom Cruise as her mentor. You know that there's something like that just around the corner. There's either, I mean, she can't just do rehab again. Because, I mean... Yeah, you can't... She can't just do rehab. No, I mean, there's no... I mean... Someone's going to come to her rescue. Who would it be? Yeah, I guess Tom Cruise. I could see that. Oh, you know... But you know... I mean, this is my speculation. Maybe Madonna will forgive her and come back and try to get her to join Kabbalah. I don't really know... I don't really know this... This is my speculation, though. Um, My speculation is... This would just be my guess. That when you are a celebrity whose life begins to get a little tumultuous, um, that you are probably contacted by any number of people, up to and including the Scientologists, mm-hmm. who probably say, hey, are you feeling a little, we can help you out with that. Um, that would be my guess. My guess is if you're a celebrity, period, you probably hear from folks like the Scientologists, but especially if you are, as they say, a troubled celebrity, uh, you probably get, I, I have no doubt that through some back channel, the Church of Scientology gets a hold of you and, you know, because what because what better endorsement for them, right? What better commercial for them if you're some somebody whose life is just, uh, you know, just heading towards the toilet uh, and they can pull you out of it and make you a bright, shiny citizen once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a big advertisement for Scientology, so undoubtedly she's been contemplated. Uh, Rick, the only way the Britney story could be better is if uh, she ran with the children and then got tased. <sighs> just the idea of tasing Britney Spears. Um... Let's see. Uh, Rick, the only way the Britney story could be better. Here's another one about the kids aren't really K-Feds. Um, Rick, uh, again, the only way the Britney story could be better is if she went on the run. Well, we already think that's a fate of I think I... That's a given. There's no way, there's no well, way that's not going to happen. sooner than later because the more, as time passes, people will start to speculate that she's going to run. So she's oh, no, run... well, she has to. I mean, she's got to turn over the kids by Wednesday, right? Wednesday yeah. at noon. So, I mean, let's see. Here, these are. I'm sensing a trend. These are all emails from different people. Rick, the only way the Britney story. That's our high concept topic for today. The only story. The only way the Britney story could be better. Uh, Rick, Britney uh, Spears. The only way the Britney story could be better is she tries to leave the country with her kids, is caught by the police on the way out, resists arrest, and is repeatedly tased. Best show ever. A lot of tasing themed emails happening today. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Rick, this is so uh, so bizarre. The last time I called in for this kind of thing, I tuned in in the middle of the Paris thing. I have no idea what's going on. Okay. I need a, we just need a recap here. Well, the news happens as we speak here. So, all right. For, and we do have Paris news because apparently David Letterman made her cry uh, on Friday. So we're going to try to get to that. So the, this just in, and now in the absence of Tim Riley, I'm going to have to read this. Uh, let's see. Let me go to uh, – let me bring this up so I can read you the latest uh, happenings on the Britney Spears front. Hold on just one second, sir. Don't uh, don't go anywhere. You stay right there. All right, there we go. Okay, here's the latest. Britney Spears was ordered Monday, that is today, to surrender custody of her children to ex-husband Kevin Federline. Superior Court Judge Scott Gordon ruled that Federline will take custody of Sean Preston and Jaden James beginning Wednesday indefinitely. Gordon has said Spears engaged in habitual, frequent, and continuous use of controlled substances and alcohol and ordered her to undergo random drug and alcohol testing twice a week as part of her ongoing custody dispute with Federline. Spears was also previously ordered to meet weekly with a parenting coach who was ordered to observe and report back to the court about her, quote, parenting skills. Both Spears and Federline must complete the court's parenting without conflict class. Um, 
So there you go. So Brittany tried to keep the kids. The judge told her to get stuffed and to, uh, to, to suck it. And so the children have been taken away. And by Wednesday at noon, she must give the children to Kevin Federline for custody Wednesday uh, at noon at the latest. You know what? Even if she doesn't run... Imagine the trade, like just seeing them, her deliver her children. Oh, to him. oh here you go. Here's nice. the handoff. Oh, nice. and how, what a bizarre world that we've got going. That Federline's the guy I'm rooting for. Well, that's what I'm. Last year when this whole thing, when, when last year when they got divorced, and I think we said. At the time, we we because he just seemed like such a tool, and I'm not saying he. I mean, I don't know one way or the other about him, but as I said earlier, he seemed like such a tool that. We said that we joked that there was that you know that she could have you know, I mean she could that she could have kicked one of the kids into into you know into the into the San Francisco Bay, and they'd still let her keep the other kid because she you know because Kevin Federline was such a loser and she had so much money and the mom usually gets custody anyway. So imagine how much of an f up you must be if they're giving custody of your children to Kevin Federline. Well, she obviously just looks insane now. Oh, and the, you know that, the, the, and the fact that she was all Xanaxed out of her brain, allegedly, uh, at the VMAs, and I mean the head shaving and the attack. I mean, it really is just a conglomeration of things with that girl. So there you go, sir. Outstanding. Thanks for the update. Thank brother. you. Brittany Spears ordered to turn her children over to Kevin Federline no later than Wednesday at noon. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Well, uh, oh, and hi, sir. Hello. Um, Tim's here too. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. I was trying to. Oh, that's oh. right. I was trying to see if I could fool the caller, but he was too smart for me, sir. What's up? <laughs> hey. Uh, so first of all, the international school. Yeah. Uh, that's where the uh, uppity uppity uh, liberty, uh, you know, libertarians that don't want their kids to be raised American uh, send their kids so they can be taught like Frenchmen. Um, so, it's, so it's an actual school. It's an actual school for kids. Yeah, I have a friend that teaches there. Yeah, I just don't. I have no idea. I mean, I pass it every day on the way to work, but I have no idea what it is. So it's a private school for it's a uh, private school where you, where you like you know five gazillion dollars a month, and, and your kid goes and learns in a different language. All right. Well, the language they're going to learn it. They're going to learn the international sign for ah today because <laughs> hey, the building uh, is on fire. So the the only way that the Britney Spears story could get any better yeah is if she has one final hurrah with their kids. And just goes all over the place with them, goes to movies, goes to the mall, and just has one crazy binge with the kids. Just sort of, uh, I sort of see her running around in a bikini with a martini in one, one hand and a stroller in the other, going to Disneyland and going to the park and... Just one final crazy hurrah. Oh, uh, and then I just and, and you know and really maybe she'll do the handover in the dead of night when nobody's around. But you know. You know that when things like this happen, this is what a BlackBerry is made for, because you know everybody who works for TMZ, everybody who works for any celebrity blog, I mean, they are just on her like green on grass for the next 48 hours, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, right. you know that you know there's going to be a lot of Britney tears. Yeah, that's true. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right. So apparently, I guess from what we're seeing, I guess this fire at the school, I guess, it was relatively contained. So I guess it was just, I guess it was a big scare, but maybe I'm wrong about this, but the news, I'm seeing some little news flashes here that I guess it was in... A small fire in one room, uh, which is good because it's only like 100 yards away from us. Uh, but apparently it was small. It was contained. Not a big deal. But Tim is out there. We'll get Tim here in just one moment. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? You know, the only way this gets any better with Brittany is that it's found out that Brittany has an Indian love child with the Tohono Odom tribe down there in Arizona. Good callback, sir. Luck. Thank you. All right, there you go. 
Uh, Rick, the only way the story could be better is if it turns out that her kid sister, Jamie Lynn, is pregnant with Kevin Federline's child. Thank you. All right, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, reporting from outside, Tim Riley at the CBS Radio Mobile News Desk. I don't see any damn fire out here. <laughs> well, I heard, I've already gotten some emails saying that it was very uh, small and almost immediately contained without, uh, without I don't damage. see any smoke. Smell any smoke? I don't see any fire trucks. <laughs> it's all disappointed. Yeah, but I, it's a wonderful afternoon for a walk. Is, is it really? Yes. I, uh, so there was no, I mean, it seemed like there was smoke and fire trucks just like five minutes ago. Yeah, there's nothing around. Now, maybe you could... No smell of smoke, no flames, no nothing. Well, while you're out there, maybe you could start one to liven up the afternoon a little bit so it's not a total loss. I'll do that. All right, there you go. All right, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, at the CBS. That was a long way to go for nothing. Uh, it was, wasn't it? Uh, we'll see you back in the studio. All right, I'll be there momentarily. <laughs> there you go. Well, that was a big overture. Little show. Uh, Tim Riley at the CBS Radio... Uh... Mobile News Desk. Rick, the only way the Britney story could get better is if it was revealed that she is pregnant with Rick Solomon's love child. Did you see that that guy is marrying Pam Anderson? Yes. He's the guy behind well, the sex seems tape of, bonkers of too. whoever. Who is, it? who is it that the, that he had the sex tape Paris of? Paris Hilton. He was the one who made the mm -hmm. Paris Hilton sex tape? I mean, what? I guess I guess it doesn't really matter. What's he going to do? Pam, I'll put out a sex tape of you. I mean, what could really he do to Pam that, you know... We've seen it. I mean, what? She's another, like, kooky one who I think is on her downward spiral well, as well. she, as Dennis Miller said this morning, that her uh, internal homing device for husbands needs to be recalibrated very severely. Oh, God. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? No, just more Britney, uh, more Britney news. Okay, now today, weren't the, the guys from Nickel Arcade going to have the Britney death song completed by today? That's what they said. Now, this is... Um, just so you know, and we have to take a break. I, I hate to do that, but I uh, we have to take a break. So on Friday, I had made this passing sort of comedic observation that because showbiz and entertainment and news, it evolves so fast now, I said that we ought to just cut out the middleman and just create a, a create a candle-in-the-wind type song for Britney as though she were already dead and just sort of say, you know, which is both funny and it is sort of, it is sort of a reflection on society. Just, just, just you know, say that we're not even really going to wait for her to die. We're just going to create a Britney death song now. And so our good friends in Nickel Arcade, who are a fine band, uh, called up and they're like, Rick, Nickel Arcade is rising to the challenge. We will have the Britney Spears death song by Monday. Now, it's possible they may not have gotten it done. I don't know. but uh, So we're going to check with them, I think, and find out where they are in the Britney death. Because really, this, this is the time, my friends. This is, it's time to be rolling out your farewell Britney death song. This, this is the day. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what's up with that. Um, I'm unclear about whether Storm is coming in today or not. We've been saying that she is because I think she said on Friday that she was. So if not, uh, you know, we'll have her in later this week. I know that the, she's on the cover of the Oregonian again today. Oh, very cool. Um, so... Man, boy, was that just the shrewdest bit of casting on the part of Portland Center Stage? Because 98% of the press that they're getting about Cabaret is because of Storm. So uh, good for her and good for them. Well done. Uh, we should take a break, and we'll be caught up more or less. When we come back, Jim Roop is coming up, too. Yes, Fantastic. Uh, it's all coming together. Fantastic. As George Papard would say. I love it when a plan comes together. All right. Uh, your calls around the corner. More calls. Tim Riley returns. Jim Roop. And more on the uh, unfolding story of Britney Spears right here. Britney Spears just ordered to hand her kids over to Kevin Federline. Uh, my mouth doesn't even want to form the words. It just seems so wrong. All right. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Don't miss a moment. Stay right there.
imagine that's the case. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. What a busy day. Somebody is hiding in the hallway with a straitjacket. <laughs> totally. Brittany, look over there. Yeah. Uh, we haven't played our new Brittany sounder. Let me just... Uh... Uh, why? This is my fault. I keep having... I have it if you want me to play it. No, I've got the... Do you have Aaron's or uh-huh. do you have... Oh, well, let's play them back to back. Let me play mine here. And then we'll segue to Aaron and Duran's. I think she's stupid, not fat. Oh, choke, choke. I hit play. It's supposed to be playing. All right. Darn it all the heck. Let's just wait. For what? No. There's a supplemental Britney sounder that Aaron Duran sent us. Oh. You were playing it earlier. I heard I it. I sure was playing it. Do you have a window loaded with audio? Nope. All right. Well, in the meantime, let's just welcome to the Rick Emerson Show <sighs> from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent and living God, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Good afternoon. What a day. It is beautiful. What a day, what a day, what a day. All right. So let me just, uh, here's what's happened. Is that my phone or yours? Uh, I don't hear it. Little crackling. I think there. that's Homeland Security. Uh, someone's <laughs> someone's tapping. Um, so here's what's happened today so far. Yeah. Uh, to, we we started off the show. There's a weird noise. Hey, here's the thing. If this, I might have Scotty call, hang up and call you right back. Jim, we're getting a weird crackling on our end. Okay. Okay. Hold on, just one second, Scotty. Uh, can you pick up the phone, disconnect, and call him right back, or have him call you right back? Um, all right. There you go. You know, you didn't nail it, by the way, but just now, because we had this photograph. I guess it's out that Brittany has already handed over the kids. And your friend Lisa really hated it. With Like, what kind of a mom, you know, does that? Like, well, I want to get rid of these kids as soon as possible. Seriously, it's like, all right, oh, good, I can go and hit up an early happy hour. Let me just get rid After of going to things. Carl's Jr. Well, she so. probably didn't get all she wanted to eat because she had this shirt. <laughs> um, keep that kid's trike out of the driveway! Uh, so anyway, uh, so there you go. So she's done. She's handed the kids over. All right, let's see if we're, this is okay. This sounds better. All right, Jim. So here, here is everything that's happened today. We started off the show. Well, everything was a little ragged anyway because it, it, I was kind of running behind and it was just one of those manic kind of shows. About forty minutes into the show, we got a report. I think later debunked, but a report, at least not confirmed, that like someone had, some Portlander had had committed suicide in a very public fashion by hanging themselves from a tree, like in the middle of the city. Oh. Then the building next to us caught on fire. Um, then the thermostat in the studio malfunctioned, making it about 90 degrees in here, which it still is. Then the Brittany thing happened. All of this in the space of about 45 minutes. So it's already been one of those days. It's time to go home early. I really, or to, or it's either time to go home early or to just uh, dig in my heels and just stay for the rest of the day. You, you never know. So but pour yourself a glass of Thunderdog. That's well. You know what? You you joke, but it's right here in the studio. It's hold on. While we're talking, I'll I'll go I'll go get some. So uh, I mean, do do you have any anything that we might not have on this Britney Spears story? No, it just kind of all happened. The judge just said, you know, when another hearing on Wednesday, you she'll turn so over the kids. Better line then will hang on to them until the court says otherwise she continues to, to meet twice a week uh, to submit to uh, drug and alcohol testing she meets with a parenting coach once a, a week who then reports her parenting skills back to the court i think it's safe to say she has none right now. yeah i was just gonna the idea that they would give those kids to kevin federline who by his own admission has no income and no job and you know in this country, even if the dad is stable, how hard it is for a dad to get custody. Yeah, well, I think he's going to have support from uh, mom and uh, that kind of thing. I'm yeah. sure. I'm almost positive that's 
that's why the judge did that because of the support system behind him. Uh, and it, this, you know, this kind of stemmed from that uh, that Tony Barreto, that uh, bodyguard. I think he was bodyguard for like four days after she got out of rehab. And um, I think she was on Larry King Live, and he, he talked about how he feared for the kids' lives because uh, she was doing drugs in front of the kids, so on and so forth. And she fired him because he didn't hear it. She, she said, pick up my hat. He didn't pick it up, and she fired him. He said she knew I was hard of hearing. I don't know why she fired me. Well, and there was this picture that came out last week of, I don't think she was driving, but this picture of her getting into a car to go off and, like, someone handing her a margarita uh, as she was driving off. Um, which is, you know, you think at least as a public figure, you would know to, again, get some tinted windows and wait until, wait until you're inside <laughs> to have somebody pour you the drink. So the weird thing to us is... Or have them put it in a 7-Eleven coffee cup and have it. it. Do what everybody learned in high school. Yeah, pour it in your soda can. Hey. The, the, the thing that we've been talking about is, okay, so about half an hour ago, an hour ago, we heard that she had to hand over the kids to Kevin Federline by noon on Wednesday. Right. And then, like, the next thing we knew, she hit a Carl's Jr. and then gave him the kids. And I mean, which is well, just... you haven't heard that part yet. Oh, that's that's out now. Mm-hmm. Sarah, where is this from? X seventeen. X seventeen. Tim Riley has a story from X seventeen dot com. Tim, do you, is there a text to go with that, or is it? It says we just got these exclusive pics of Brittany and her children in the back of the car, taking just moments before she handed them over to Kevin's bodyguards. Brittany took the boys through a Carl's Jr. drive-through on the way to their meeting point. So apparently, the kids have already been handed over, which is. I'm, I'm not. A pa- fed them. I am. I am not. Would you like some fries before you go with Kevin? I am not a parent, so maybe you know my perspective on this is different. But it does seem odd that if you were going to lose custody of your kids indefinitely, that your responsibility. Where did that report come from? If you pardon me, ending that in a preposition. X17.com. It shows pictures of Brittany. Yeah. How old are those pictures? Uh, do we are They're those just from a, just now? Just today. Just today. So X17 claims that those are pictures that are just taken. Of her handing the kids over. Um, and X-17 is a fairly reputable source, reputable enough that... Uh... X-17 posted them today at 1.45. Yeah. So X-17 is sort of up there with TMZ. They uh, you know, they get a lot of stuff that, uh, you know... They, 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 What'd she do? Say, all right, Kev, I'll meet you at Carl's Jr. Well, that's the thing is, like, how that's weird... a little unbelievable. It seems so weird that if you were going to lose your kids indefinitely, that your response would be that you want to get rid of them as soon as possible. You know, that you wouldn't want to maximize the time left. That she, Her response would just be to hand him over, like, right away. Um, so we, I mean, I, I, we haven't had this confirmed by another source, but X-17 is usually pretty reliable mm. about these things. So it's very strange that her gut reaction was to, I, I'll tell you this right now. Maybe she was hungry. Brittany, you got to eat. <laughs> we thought, I was convinced, and everybody concurred, we thought that she was going to pull an OJ and just get in, the, get in the Escalade with the kids and just run. Mm. That was our thing. She was just going to run for the freaking border. So, I mean, I guess the, I guess the night's the night's still young, but the, it looks like she has handed over the kids. So it's just strange, man. It's a weird it's a weird time. Well, I'm uh, eh, I gotta I gotta confirm that one. I'm not gonna go by. Oh no, no, clearly I understand that you work for an actual news. I'll you're, get in trouble. You're, you're, if I don't two source something, I'll get in trouble. No, 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 you're not like us. We don't need to confirm. We just deal in scurrilous gossip and unfounded speculation. We just need a half a source. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I can use you as one of them. There you go. There you go. Practice circular sourcing. Um, yeah. So I understand you work for an actual reputable news organization. We uh, we are our own. We answer it ourselves. We're our own law. So um, hey, it's written down. It must be true. Somebody, I saw it in a word document. Right. So for what it is worth, you can second and third source that of whatever CNN requires. That the word from X17 at least at this point is uh, that she has handed the kids over. But I um. 
You know, which is a little uh, if uh, if I don't uh, if I don't mind saying this, it's a little spooky actually. Yeah. If true, it's making me very uncomfortable. If true, it's making me sweat. <laughs> it's making Tim sweat. <laughs> if true, it's a little it's a little awkward because they always say I remember this from uh, you know whatever uh, that they'll always tell you like third, you know step number three is you know of steps to watch out for when somebody's going to toss themselves off a building somewhere is they begin to give away their personal possessions, so. That's about as personal a possession as you can I was going to say, if true, the idea that she would immediately just get rid of the kids and give them to Kevin Fennerline, uh, you've got to wonder if in this circumstance, since she seems to have fired all of her people, I mean, that's one of the things that has gotten her in this deep, is she has fired all the people around her. You've got to wonder, is there somebody who, who keeps an eye on somebody like Britney Spears when something like this happens? Like, is there somebody to sit there and make sure that she's not uh, putting a rope over her shower rod, you know? <laughs> I think you speak for. I think you speak for so many of us. Oh, Jim. did I say that out loud? <laughs> We're so I mean, I, you know, I don't know, Rick. I think I'll try and <laughs> second source that. Second source that one too. <laughs> Who's watching the rope? That's what I want to know. Uh, that's why we love having you on this program, <laughs> sir. You really are one of us. We are. We are kindred spirits. We are much well, the same. Just, how old is this chick? Twenty-six. Come on. <laughs> that's that's the Jim Roof. Good lord. Yeah, there you go. Come on, <laughs> pull it together. Somebody smack her. That's all she needs. Is as, a kick in the butt. As Gunny Hightower would say, you adapt, you improvise, you overcome. You overcome. And we're going right. to war. All right. Let's go, ladies. All right. Well, it would be pointless to try to segue this into this business about old people driving. But uh, oh, the, are you, know, you on tomorrow? An issue. Oh, oh, heck yeah! All right. Well, you're t- of course. This is this is ensured. You're not taking a day off until at no, least I'm Thursday. Gonna, I got to go over to Gloria Allred's office now. I think she's holding a news conference about this. About Brittany? Really? Are you kidding me? Well, she represented the bodyguard. Oh, I didn't gave know that. Testimony for Federline, and you know. Oh, fantastic! So this will be a wonderful. You thing. know, today's not even over, and I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I'm not going to deny. It. All right, my friend. Well, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you uh, put your your gum to the shoe or whatever it is they say. <laughs> I'll two source. I'll two source that. Too. You do that. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. All right. There you go, Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen, in Los Angeles. I love that guy. All right. Jesus. All right. Um. So we will be ta- just so FYI. She's still alive. Who, Brittany? Yes. Oh. Um. We. I. The. Did you ever get your sounder working over there? Uh, let me open it. So just yeah. so you know, uh, let me do a little bit of business here. We were going to be talking to Peter Carlin today. We have moved Peter Carlin to tomorrow. You said he wrote a great column today, which I haven't read. Yeah, he he said uh, Network TV thinks all guys have minds of mush. Excellent. Well done. So we love Peter Carlin. Love him enough that we're going to give him uh, enough time. I don't want to have him on today when he would be squashed between walls of Britney news. So we will talk to Peter Carlin tomorrow on the program. Right here, I forgot to... Here's that mad dog. Oh, that's so gross. Why yeah. did you get that out? Uh, because uh, I was I was going to tell Roof that we still had it because he was asking about the Thunder Dog. Oh. All right. Um, so shall we go to the news desk here? I suppose so. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Yes, you heard it here first. Brittany has lost custody of her kids. She has to turn them over Wednesday at noontime. Or I should say by that time to Kevin Federline's lawyer. So that the site X617 is claiming she already did that, turning them over to uh, Kevin's bodyguards after she took the kids and herself to Carl Jr. to munch out. So uh, that's what we know at the moment. So anything is possible. Boy, you know, somebody... Uh, this, uh, this happens every time there's Brittany news. Um, mm-hmm. Someone has sent me... This always happens, and it's so funny and sad. 
every time there's a Britney story, the timeline. Someone will send me not even just the timeline, but just a picture of how she used to look. And here's another photograph of how Britney used to look. And boy, you know, she was just at least appeared to be just gorgeous. Yes. It is so hard to believe that they're the same person. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you feel like the real base, the real Britney might be locked in a room somewhere, and yes. this crazy twin sister is out doing all of this crap? I mean, you know, her sister Brunhilda is out is doing all of this insane nonsense, and the hot, you know, Britney is is Jesus. I have the sounder. Oh, this is the Britney sounder that we meant to play earlier, and now it won't play again. Well, you're batting a thousand. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who who might this be? Uh, Just to let you know, the easiest way to get a Britney's uh, dead song is to take the old song from South Park, the movie Dead. What song? You know, the Kenny's dead. Kenny's dead. We're gonna die. He's oh. my homie, little homie's gonna die tonight. I think you're making Britney. a song up that doesn't exist. No. Uh, are you are you talking about the little boy? You're going to hell. <laughs> that song? Yeah. The James Hetfield song? No, 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 no. From South Park, the movie. Yeah, I understand. What the, song are you referring to? The one that um, he, it's like a rap song almost. Yeah, that's. I think you're making that up. I don't. I know the South Park movie pretty pretty well. It's on the soundtrack. Oh, it's not in the movie. It's just on no, the soundtrack. No, it's on the soundtrack. Ah, yeah, okay. it's on the CD. Right. Fair enough. Okay, I don't know that song then. Oh, that really sucks because this would be a really good one. I'll keep an ear out for it. All right. Thank you. Speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I know that sounds so weird. Oh man, what's that guy gonna do? That uh, oh. that freaky drama queen guy who was all. No, I saw one, and he's like, "If anything happens to Britney, I'm oh, gonna jump off me. a building." He bugs me. I I I, I hated that guy in first sight. Uh, okay, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from our good friends Nickel Arcade. Uh, hello, Peter. What's up? Ah, uh, doing well. I'm actually on a lunch break at work, so I've. Uh... Turned off my contemplating suicide for half an hour. All right. So the now we had talked to you on Friday about uh, you had called in and Nickel Arcade had offered to write and record the Britney death song. The clock oh. is the clock is ticking now, my friend. The song is done. Okay. We're we're gonna try to uh, we're figuring out ways to record it. Uh, we're not sure the best way to do it yet. Uh, but I'm gonna all I'm gonna give you is the, is the title of the song. Okay. I feel like. I feel like you guys are really going to get it, you know. Okay, so this is the, this is now the title of the song that you have written and will be recording. The song just sort of operating under the assumption that she's already dead. Yes. Okay. I hope there's vodka in heaven. <laughs> that's so great. Oh, that's the worst thing ever. Excellent. God bless you. And then we can use it someday when Sarah dies. Oh, oh it's going to be it's going to be so so great. We've covered all the topics of of her uh, of her life. And so can you give us now, without revealing the lyrics, can you just, what are some of the touchstones uh, that the song uh, sort of uh, mentions? Um, the relationship with Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Uh, the whole fake booby thing. Uh-huh. Um, let's see here. Making out with Madonna. Excellent. Uh, car crashes. Rehab. Um, let's see here. Fantastic. Let me, let, me, let me give you one little clip. Yeah, okay. Okay, here we go. Lip sync conspiracy. Big gulp dependency. Cheetos, Vicodin, looks like Aguilera won. <laughs> Excellent. Well, fantastic. We cannot wait to hear. I hope there's vodka in heaven will be the name of the song. Excellent. And so you uh, stay in touch. You you have Sarah's contact info, do you not? Like an email or something? I got to get my space, I think. Okay, yeah. excellent. So uh, stay in touch. Let us know if you need anything, and we look forward to hearing the song, my friend. 
Oh, it's going to be great. There you go. Peter from Nickel I Arcade. Hope vodka in uh, their website is uh, myspace.com slash Nickel Arcade sucks. So there you go. Fine young group of men. All right. Thank you, Peter. Peter, man. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir. Madam is the case, maybe. Hey, no, I was just calling to uh, say the only way that the Britney story could be, get better is uh, she shows up at noon tomorrow to drop off the kids, and, uh, hey, Brittany, what's that in your pocket? It's a uh, gold-plated Desert Eagle .50, and she opens up Kevin Federline's head. Not not that we would advocate violence in any no, way. No, no, no. You're saying in your theory... Uh, That's uh, the only in, way it could get better. In your, in your estimation, theoretically, that is the only way that the story could become more titillating is for her to shoot Kevin Federline. Excellent. All right, thank you, sir. All right, there you go. I need to sit down for a second. Hold on. Let me just... God, and it sucks because the Internet is so slow today. Uh, you know, it's Brittany's fault. That's why. Jesus. I hope there's vodka in heaven. Writing this down. That's so clever. Vodka. There's some bright young lads. They really are. hope there's vodka in heaven. All right. Excellent. Do we want a break here? I mean, it's almost 2.30. Yeah, we probably should. Is this show almost over? I... Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> we've gotten to, I mean, I'm not going to say we've gotten up. to nothing. We've gotten to all kinds of things, just nothing that I thought we were going to get to. All right. Are you looking for more uh, more updates on this? No more details. Well, because, I mean... And X-17 is the only one that's reporting that she's already handed over the kids. Well, but I wouldn't think they'd put that... I mean, X-17 is not like... I no, mean, they're like a TMZ. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they know what's they know what's up. Now, what are you checking? What sources sources are you checking? Uh, I'm looking at X-17 online, TMZ. Okay, so I will uh, continue. I will also look at TMZ. Um... It, it, yeah, X-17 is pretty reliable. I don't think they'd say it if it weren't so. They're, I mean, they're sort of the, like the inquirer in that regard. They're not, uh, you know, they're not just making crap up. Let me see. Let me refresh the, sorry, pardon me. Uh, let me refresh the uh, the Yahoo story here. You're right. Everything is just excruciatingly slow. I here. know. So Yahoo, <clears throat> pardon me, Yahoo does not have uh, anything new on this. Let me check Drudge really quick. Drudge, although I suspect that if it happens, it won't be a big story in Drudge. I think this is one of those. You can tell that there are showbiz stories. That the... Okay, now it's on another website that I look at a lot. Okay. Um, but they've just stolen the X-17 online pictures. All right. I'm looking here at Drudge. Y- you can occasionally tell when Drudge thinks he is um, above a certain story. And I think the Spears thing, he's got it. I mean, he's got it in red type. Spears ordered to give kids to Federline. But I think this is one of those stories that he will cover as it develops, but I don't think it's going to be a huge deal on his side. You can tell sometimes when he thinks that he is too good to talk about a certain story. Um, Let's see here. Oh, I got nothing. No, I've just got the random drug testing, though. Well, drug and alcohol testing, right? Yeah, is this in L.A.? Yeah, this is in L.A., L.A. proper. So, man, between her and Paris, L.A.'s really sticking it to celebrities right now. I mean, this is, you know... All right. Um, okay, yeah, there's nothing else here. Well, we should break. Let's take a break, and we come back. More of Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth on this, the best day ever. Uh, and more of your phone calls. Like us at 3. Don and Mike at 7. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. More breaking news on this story as it happens. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 733 2970. 
Here's some things we didn't get to today. Art Link Letter, High Concept Monday. And what we sort of did, we did an ad hoc high concept topic. Tasering Kid, American Cuisine, uh, a little bit of rock and roll trivia, Peter Carlin. Uh, this horrible thing on the floor I wanted to show to Sarah and Tim. We didn't get to any of these things, but that's just as well. Just as well, I would trade it all again in a heartbeat for this uh, breaking Britney Spears news. Uh, so TMZ has yet to update on this. Uh, so the only place we've heard that Britney has actually already handed over the kids to Kevin Federline, as she was ordered to do by the court today, is X-17. But X-17 X-17's pretty reputable. I can't imagine that they would say that if it weren't so. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hello. Hey. Um, I was just shopping, and in, like, the magazine section in the Life and Style, uh-huh. there's a huge article on Britney, and basically it just says, like, um, a judge had ordered her to take a random drug and alcohol testing twice a week. Yeah, I guess as part of this, so I, the story we got is that, is that the judge ordered her to give her kids to Kevin Federline, which is really a statement that I have to work to get that out of my mouth because it doesn't seem like a thing you ought to be saying. So the judge has ordered Kevin Federline to take the kids and that she's got to be randomly tested for drugs and alcohol and that she's got to take um, responsible parenting classes. Oh, definitely. And, like, in the magazine, it says, like, an insider of Britney, uh, like, called her mom crying because uh, she had seen Britney take, like, four ecstasy pills and uh, also was taking Ativan to uh, calm the, you know, high down, I guess. Excellent. Well, that's exactly – that's that's the thing about being a, a junkie, that it just seems like so much work, you know? Like, so, Kinison used to do these – Sam Kinison, the late great comic, used to do these great riffs about how about how he would just – he would do all this cocaine – and then he would just, you know, he would realize that he had no, uh, you know, that he didn't have any value or anything. And so he found himself drinking like a bottle of, of like shoe polish or something to calm himself down from the cocaine. So it does seem like a pretty high maintenance gig uh, to be a junkie. So, oh, definitely. Like, I mean, they get so high and then they have to come down that far. Yeah. You know? Well, the good news is now she doesn't. Oh, she looks so bad in this photo. All right, Emily, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Right, there you go. Tim is really right about these. Uh, these are unflattering photographs of Brittany here. Driving herself. She doesn't have a driver's license. Oh, God. I mean, assuming that these photographs are real, it's even more absurd because she doesn't have a goddamn driver's license. And here she is driving the car to drop off the kids. And by the way, again, it looks like she's wearing no underwear. I don't even care anymore. I just, I'm just beyond, beyond caring. Um, we did, by the way, verify that it was on... Um, on election day last year, or the day before that, when all of this happened, all the craziness happened with Britney and the person jumping off the Paramount and all that. Because I remember it was that night that Joshua Jackson was checking his BlackBerry for election results, and it's that night we found out that the loathsome Rick Santorum got handed his hat and told to suck one. So, uh, so that was so that was election day. Um, yeah, these photos of and it's pretty bad when Britney is wearing things that even I, even I, wouldn't wear. So, yeah, and known to wear. A terrible makeup job on her, too. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. You've probably seen this uh, program on VH1, The Pickup Artist. Yeah, the guy I, with the funny hat. I watched that last night with my wife. Well, apparently he spent two years living among the secret world of pickup artists, and he's written it all down. This guy's name is apparently Neil Strauss. He infiltrated the group and penned what he learned about picking up women. I was interviewing Orlando Bloom for Rolling Stone, who's one of the obviously, you know, not only ridiculously successful and ridiculously sexy and 
all that, and even he wanted tips. So I figure if Orlando Bloom wants tips and some of the rock stars have done books on one tips, then every guy probably needs help so or Neil, feels like they need help. Neil Strauss writes for the New York Times. Uh, he co-wrote Jenna Jameson's book, How to Make Love Like a Porn Star. He co-wrote Marilyn Manson's autobiography, and he wrote this book called The Game, which I have not read. Penetrating the Secret Society of Pickup Artists. I have not read it. My wife read it, which is why she loves that show, The Pickup Artist, so much. Uh, my wife read Neil Strauss's book, The Game. It's kind of a cool-looking book. It looks the book is it, it, the book is um, designed to look just like a Bible. It's got the soft black cover, and the the um, it's heavy, but the pages are very thin and they're gold-leafed. And then it's got the big red bookmark attached to it. The book is designed to look just and feel just like a Bible, which is pretty great. And it's this whole book on how to pick up trashy chicks or whatever. Uh, please share some secrets on how to pick up chicks. Once you approach, you need to pay attention to everyone in the group, not just the girl you're talking to. You have to always give yourself a time constraint, which means as soon as the guy approaches you and you're out with your friends, first thing you think is, how long is this guy going to hang around? So you say, you know, I can only stay for a second because I have to rejoin my friends, but really quickly. And you ask a question that's not hitting on anyone, but something that seems curious and spontaneous. Yeah, the, thing about, the thing about that show is... And I've only seen the one episode. I watched it as my wife watches it every week, and I or whenever it's on, she watches it regularly. Um, and I only watched the one episode last night. But it just—I'm not saying it's faked, but I do think reality TV has just made us so jaded that even when they claim none of the people in this scene are actors, they are all real humans, you just don't believe it. I think you instinctively don't believe that. How would they true. not know by at least the second episode that cameras are present? Well, that's my thing. Is like because the deal is. This guy trains all these dudes on how to be, like, hot pickup artists, how to be babe magnets. And then he sends them, like, into the field where they go into some club with hidden microphones to try these, like, techniques to get girls to, to like, go home with them. And I think it would be a lot more convincing if it wasn't, like, full color, like, five cameras, you know, perfect audio. And the girls' faces are being shown, which tells you that they at least, after the fact, agreed to all of this. Right, um, they had to send a release for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the show would be a lot... If I was going to do the show, I would make it look a lot more gorilla, where it's black and white, and you blur the girls' faces out. That's how you sell it. I, and here's my other thing. I mean, obviously, the guy was famous enough to get a TV show on VH1, so whatever. But I think there may be a little fabrication going on with this and the only reason i say that is i will say this about this guy mystery or whatever his name is no chick would like those hats no and that's my thing that guy who hosts this the pickup artist show on vh1 i don't know and this is just my experience i don't know a single guy who could take him seriously as some sort of babe coach I mean, that's the thing like you'd pick up take a guy like dennis pitzenbarger who is very much a guy to totally a guy's guy I cannot see Dennis taking that guy on the pickup artist seriously. Dennis would just laugh at him, and he would never take that, that weird-looking guy seriously. Now, and what about his wingmen? Are they paid non-speaking extras? Well, just who are they? That's the other thing. And he'll have, like, three guys. Yeah. He'll have, like, you know, well, today's contest is between three guys to see who can pick up the girl. And one of the guys is fat. One of the guys is, like, weird and off-putting. And the other guy is, like, really good-looking and dressed well. I mean, it, it, the whole thing just seems like such a setup. So... I just, I mean, I hear, you know, there's a lot of guys who, and Dennis is one of them, he'll tell you this before he was married, Dennis is a guy who listened to like us a lot and, you know, had a lot of, you know, took a lot of Tom's advice seriously, took a lot of it to heart, and really felt like Tom taught him a lot of things, you know, about how to get girls. The thing is, Tom Likas is a guy who guys, you know, will listen to. A lot, I know a lot of guys who were very into Likas 101, and they just, they live it, they whatever, because because Tom seems like a guy, sort of, sort of like you. Um... Whereas this guy and the pickup artist, I don't know a single dude who could take that guy seriously. I mean, he just seems like 
The guy in the pickup artist just seems like a nitwit. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. So, all right. Here's well, that's all I have to say. Except that Brittany has lost custody of her children. Uh, and we can expect drama at any moment. Oh, man. it's I'm uh, going to be sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm looking at these photographs of her. The, I will say this about the photographs on X-17. It is strange that her kids aren't anywhere in the photographs. Yes. I will say that. Yeah, they're claiming that they're in the back seat. I don't know. I mean, why? A lot of people are speculating, too, that X-17 dropped the ball on the whole Britney thing because they haven't been updating all day. Uh-huh. So they were doing that to try and get more sight, uh, hits on their site. Maybe, but I mean... They may be doing, like, uh, a, a Paris Hilton thing, a Perez Hilton thing where he, after he found out that he was wrong about Fidel Castro being dead... He didn't, didn't say anything about it for the next few days. Maybe. It seems like in the world of, and I know that people will say that this is silly, uh, but in the world of gossip, credibility is everything, you know? Mm-hmm. TMZ, I don't think TMZ has ever been flat out wrong about anything. No. Um, they don't print any of the good stuff anymore, though. They save for the TV show that's on some channel nobody's ever heard of. Really? What what channel is that even on? 49? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I don't um, know where to find it. So it, credibility is everything with these gossip blogs, and so it seems like X-17 is really... I'm checking s- Perez Hilton because he's the only one that can steal images faster than I can. <laughs> but he's been wrong quite a bit. He's been wrong. He just doesn't care. I mean, he's too um, busy dyeing his hair different colors every day. Totally. I, uh, it seems like if you were X-17 and you were there as Brittany was dropping off her kids, why would you not have a picture of the kids? It seems like... It seems a little suspicious to me. Yes, it does. That there are photographs of everything but the children. And that TMZ, who clearly would be stalking Britney, yeah, you've got to see this play that I saw in New York or in London about the tabloid, about tabloid paparazzi and so forth. You've got to see it. This whole thing just reminds yeah, me. Yeah, TMZ that. must be doing something because they haven't updated it in a really long time. They must it's be there. They're saving it for the TV show. There were, if you'd like to say, now is it on a pay channel? No, it's on a. I've seen a little 49? bit of it. Is it a nightly program? It was on in the morning when I saw it once. Yeah. I but guess, it's like a, like, it like an Entertainment Tonight style thing, supposedly. All right. Because they take a lot of the video that they film, you know, for their for like the side part here uh, on TMZ, and then they play the videos. This is such an exciting day. I'm so glad it we is. were all here. All right. Yeah. If I'd been out of town, that would have been bad. I would have been very unhappy about this. All right. Well, uh, Rube didn't have an answer to whether there's somebody who's assigned to watch Britney Spears tonight to make sure she doesn't take a bottle of Vicodin. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, by the way, will be back four, five, six, and seven, uh, top of the hour, all the way through Lycus. Uh, but so we'll. You know what? And now that I think about that. it, I don't think she'll off herself because she's in too much of a fantasy land. But why would she have just handed her kids over like that? Unless but she... maybe she didn't. Maybe well, she, that's maybe true. Just, maybe X seven. Maybe. Maybe they're just faking it. Yeah, they could. Congratulations. Be. You. Oh, that's me. Sorry about that. Uh, all right. Well, we should take a break here to get caught up. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up after this. Uh, like us at 3, Donna Mike at 7. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show. We'll uh, conclude the whole thing after this, ladies and gents. Don't go anywhere. Just the Rick Emerson Program on AM 970. Solid State Radio. All right. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. How long do we have here? A couple minutes? Hi, Scotty J. What a how's, day. How's it going, Rick? I'm sir? exhausted. Oh, so am I. Just listening back there. All right. And podcasting. <laughs> listening and podcasting, I'm exhausted. Uh-huh. You are now on record as saying you are podcasting. The podcasts are going to be up and, and correct. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, they're all up. Uh-huh. I got lazy today, and they decided not to splice them together. So, right. yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So Scotty's assessment of the Britney situation is she doesn't look that good. That was his. That was your bottom line: is that Britney no longer looks that good. 
So I think they should take the kids away. Were you a uh, Were you a Britney Spears fan? Were you a fan of her looks early on? Think even in her most toxic of states when she had the blonde hair in that song, I don't think I ever really. You know, it is worth noting, uh, and it has been this way for the last week. uh, Britney has a number one selling song on iTunes for a week straight now. But that give me more song, which is actually not a bad song. I will say that. I don't know that I'm going to rush out and buy it. Um, I guess the next, like her second single from that, is supposed to be amazing too. Really, it's it's not a bad song. It's just. As uh, as Tim always said about that sexy back song, it's like she's just sort of incidental to the whole thing. You know, you listen to that "Gimme More" song that Britney Spears has out, and again, the song itself is okay. I'm not much, I'm not really much for sort of dance style music, but it's, I mean, it's got a pretty good hook. But she sounds so much like Paris Hilton uh, on that. Like when Paris put out that album, I mean, she sounds. And I'm not trying to be that guy. Like it all sounds the same. I'm just, it, it's not that it sounds the same. It's just as everything else. It's that it sounds like Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton song and that new Britney Spears song sound identical. So I don't but know. The who, Stars Are Blind song. Stars Are Blind. Yeah. That um, it, the, I don't know who the producer is, but the vocal treatments on that Paris record and on this Britney song, her new one, sound. Uh, I, I mean, it's just. It's just that I know that Britney has, like, nothing to do with that. I know that Britney is, like, the last ingredient they add to that song because, uh, you know, because she just has no hand in the creative process. Because wasn't it... So do you think that she actually, when she when they show her the actual sheet music, you, they say, no, 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 stop after I'm one like, sentence. Like Britney Spears can way. read sheet music, please. <clears throat> well, I mean, how, honestly. How do they get her to, like, do a high note here and do this or do they give her some well, creativity? I mean, I, I, you know... If you hear a song over and over again, I'm sure what they do, I don't know, but I'm sure what they do is they play her, they do what they do with country artists. A markup. Yeah, they, yeah, with the country artist. Like, you know, Garth Brooks for the longest time before he was a star, Garth Brooks' job was to sing demos. Guys, who, songwriters would come to Garth Brooks, who was then unknown, and Garth would just sit in a studio all day for like 12 bucks an hour, and he would just sit there and he would sing, you know, ba 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 ba, and he would just sing songs, and then they would take the demos and give them to, you know, whoever. So someone you know, caught on to the give them to George, problem. Yeah, give them to George Strait, and George would listen to them and go, I want that song, and I want that one. And then he just learns to emulate the I demo, see. sings it, whatever. Because I know that Britney approves the material because she passed on that Umbrella song. Oh, <laughs> that Rihanna had, like, every Grammy on Earth um, or VMA. Britney passed on that song. Oh, so man. I'm sure that what happens is somebody plays a scratch demo for her. Some just, you know, some person who's just paid to do demos. Then she picks the songs, and then she, you know, just does them over and over again. And let's be honest, I mean, with the, with Pro Tools and with, uh, you know, pitch shifting and all that, I mean, anything, I mean, she couldn't sing a wrong note if she tried. I mean, I, and I'm not trying to be snarky about that. I mean, technology is such. I mean, you know, I'm sure that she couldn't sound off-key if her life depended on it at this point. So the song is sort of, she's kind of incidental to the whole process. It's just sort of irrelevant that it's a Britney Spears song. It is, uh, anyway. Okay. Uh, well, we want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Goddard, Steve Kassabaum, Jim Roop. Uh, our apologies to Peter Carlin. We'll talk to Peter Carlin tomorrow. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley, the PA, Scotty J. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. As always, my friends, thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind it out. Watch out for snakes. Like us next. Down on Mike at 7. We'll see you tomorrow at 11. Bye now. And how dare anyone out there make fun of Brittany after all she's been through.